I don't understand how people can put in the work to specifically remember and get mad at people who don't wish them a happy birthday online. I don't, and I'm not saying that to be some kind of jaded, uh, I don't know why people use social media, uh, kind of person. I just think it's legitimately more work. Like, I looked at my Facebook wall. I had 103 plus birthday wishes. I tried to reply to each and every single one. And then I had, like, belated ones afterwards. And, like, the notion that anyone belated would even be apologizing. I'm like, listen, I, I don't assume that a lack of a happy birthday means that you're, you're doing the world's quietest, most passive-aggressive thumb bite at me. Like, that's... If you're gonna bite your thumb at me by not wishing me a happy birthday, you might as well bite your thumb at me by, like, eating lunch. Like, that's about the same effect. What the f*** is going on down there? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 422 of WTFTFW. We are hardworking, just for all of you, we are all up at crack of dawn, 9.30 in the morning, Pacific time, to record for you on this Sunday morning. Aaron, hello. Yeah, hey. I'm still in the bathrobe. It's nice and comfy. 9.30, goddamn. Should, should podcast this way every time. It's uh, like I'm wearing a blanket. You, I mean, you could do that every time, regardless of when we start podcasting. You just have to take I, your clothes off. I know. I know. It just happened organically this way, and it's so nice. Yeah, yeah that's a revelation. TJ Omega, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. I need caffeine. So here's the embarrassing thing, right? We're all like, oh, we woke up in the morning. We all live in the Eastern time zone. It's half past noon. I learned this... When I had a 11 in the morning on a Saturday improv class, where I was like, I'm with all you guys, it's too early in the goddamn morning, and I have to catch myself and go like, but it's also the final half hour of the morning. Maybe mm-hmm. this is on us. Maybe we're the ones who are the problem. <laughs> but, you know, enough of us were like, no, it's too early. It's like, yeah, no, the the schedule's the problem. It should be later in the morning, like 1 p.m. Like usually, like Sunday is my one sleeping day, but today was the day. It was like alarm, uh, alarm, uh, win eBay auction for way too much money, and yeah. then set up for podcast. Yeah, this is your celebration podcast. <laughs> yeah, yay! <laughs> yay! I paid way too much for a little hunk of plastic just because it glows red. That's the way you do it. Uh, also, don't don't lick that that plastic. I heard that it's actually toxic if you lick it. Sweet. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here to talk to you today about Transformers. We actually got some Transformers news. We're going to forego new pick picks because we got three solid topics to talk about. And the first one, I don't actually know where this came, this came from a Facebook group, but I saw it through a Japanese blog that was then retweeted on Twitter. Uh, a single photo of a test shot of what looks like a Titans Return broadside has popped up. And the main thing that I've seen picked out of this from, again, that Japanese blog's Twitter page was that this is probably a super-duper heavy retool of Alpha Trion uh, based on the arrangement of moving parts on the legs, uh, at the very Mm -hmm. least. And uh, that gets me hyped because Alpha Trion has a sick spaceship mode, which would make for a sick battleship mode. This also gets me hyped because this means that as of this toy coming out, should it actually come out, we will have all six original triple changers in uh, Neo Classics form. Uh, some of them headmasters, some of them multiple times, but you'll be able to have a three on three of triple changing dudes, and that's three on three, so that's mm. three times three, that's nine. 
that's uh, six shot. Yeah, it's six shot. And guess what? Leader class six shots coming out. We should have seen it all along. They were telling us in secret messages. Uh, Aaron, how do you feel about uh, this? Well, robot mode, at least of this new take on broadside. Uh, looks good. Um, I was going to say, yeah, right off the bat, you could see the the echoes of remold with the head pylon thingies. But, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, it looks neat. Um, I like the what appear to be asymmetry of the shoulder pylon things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's. Uh, uh, I always like a little bit of asymmetry, especially on the bigger guys. It'll be weird if that isn't asymmetry, and he has two sets of those antenna thingamadoodads on the top of a bridge. Maybe. Do, do battleships do that? Do they have two bridges? No, not normally. There's All normally right. just one big bridge. Well, then Broadside better not do it, or he's going to be a weird battleship. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm just now noticing that you can see his jet mode wings like right on his back. Like, they looked like they were... In all the photos I looked at on my phone where they were tiny, they looked like that blue stuff was just part of his arms. But uh, those look like wings, all scissor style. TJ, how do you feel about Broadside? Oh, I disconnected! Oh! I'm still here. Can you uh, hear me? Oh, you're here? All right, good. I'm here. That means TJ disconnected. All right. Well, the yelling still helped. I woke up at 8.30 this morning. Well, aren't you special? I am. That's how I watched two episodes of Deep Space Nine, because that's what I do. Uh, Where are you I, at in DS9? I am in the latter chunk of season three. Okay. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm into good-looking Odo. Okay. And I'm, uh, I'm, I've just got past the space sailboat episode. Okay. Where O'Brien was uh, kind of just a garbage person at Cisco. Cisco's like, I'm going to build a space sailboat based on all these old blueprints. And O'Brien's like, why would you do that? Why don't you just simulate it in the computer? Why do you want to use a saw to saw the wood? Why don't you use a laser cutter? And I'm like, wow, O'Brien, why don't you go fix your stupid messed up marriage? Look, man, O'Brien telling- is always hanging on a thread on DS9. He's holding that thing together with space chicken wire and duct tape. Yeah. And, and leftover phaser coils, man. The station's not supposed to do that in He's junking away. I like O'Brien. I say all this as someone who likes O'Brien, okay? But sometimes O'Brien has got to get that stick right out of the butt and let people have fun. Like, I'm just sitting there going, what's it like? What's he like at home when, like, Molly is there with her plush toys going like, Daddy, I'm going to make the pig marry the the elephant. Is O'Brien like, no, uh, no, animals don't get married, idiot. They don't do that and, like, walks off. Have like, you seen the episode where his daughter ends up going through the weird time warp thing? Not yet. I heard about it, but I haven't happier. got there yet. Okay. Like, is he is he is he nice in that one, or am I going to want to take him aside? No, he he's he's nice in that one because okay. it's his daughter. But there are times that you can just see like ah. Uh... Now I I really like actually how how you know in finally getting to see O'Brien, we're also finally getting to see all the bad sides of O'Brien as well. Mm-hmm. Like his straight up admission, he's like, yeah, when I don't get my way, I, I kind of turn into a petulant, you know, sack of trash. And it's like, yeah, you do. It's good that you're recognizing this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I just got through. Uh, I got through the Cardassian Romulan Alliance to take out the founders mm-hmm. and how well that went. Yeah, which is not very. Yep. Yep. That was that was some good times. Man, I love the the amount. I, I don't know if you saw my vines. 
but the amount of just straight up like like wing commander military space action uh and i know there's more coming mm-hmm. there's but, a like, lot more coming I'm actually kind of mad that they dialed back the Defiance sound effect. I read up on this. Apparently, the first time the Defiant fires its guns is the only time they use the badass sound effect, where instead of phaser noises, they used a modified, like, machine gun noise. So it had, like, the first time the Defiant opened fire. I'd never heard this. I'd never seen this episode before. It opens fire the first time, and it's like, butter, butter, butter. And I was like, I actually had to pause and, like, rewind and rewatch it, because I was like, oh, now I see why everyone thinks the Defiant's cool. It has space machine guns. And then apparently they changed the foley on that later. And I was like, well, it's still cool, but why would you get rid of that? Like, that was that was like a, a blink twice and go, oh, this is Star Trek kind of moment. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I think TJ's back, too. The thing we were talking about was, TJ, I was asking you what you thought of this uh, broadside who's probably based on Alpha Trion. If he's based on Alpha Trion, that's kind of an, an amazing recasting. I mean, we we are in a world now where that's more likely than it was before. Well, yeah, this is true. And right. I mean, I'm saying based on Alpha Trion, but hey, who knows how much he's based on Alpha Trion? <laughs> yeah. No, um, yeah, like Broadside's one of those toys where, like, yeah, that's probably like so far from getting a new character or a new toy but good lord does it need one because mm-hmm. uh we have there's been absolutely nothing for broadside since g1 there has been a fans project toy <laughs> that's it and it's pretty cool fans project toy but a very macrossy fans project toy uh for the alt modes to be perfectly fair and yeah but for like official stuff like you have G1 Broadside and that's it. And G1 Broadside is the brickiest of the brick. Yeah. Hey, no, I think you could actually, no, you could go buy a brick itself and it would be a little bit, just a little bit more bricky. I think okay. if you drop a brick, it changes shape more. Yeah. That's actually a fair point. And just drop it on a corner. Mm-hmm. No, I'm actually really excited to see how this one's actually going to work out. Like, I really want to see alt modes on this thing. Me too, because, like, if there's one alt mode that makes me totally believe that this would be based on Alpha Trion, it's Alpha Trion's spaceship mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's like, to me, the, the clincher, the kind of cornerstone. Uh, and TJ, what do you think about this, this, like, rumor that this might also be done as an Armada tidal wave? That's already a rumor? Apparently, according to the front page item, it's a rumor. I, I suck at keeping up with rumors, so I'm kind of glad that they're, they're mentioning it there. But it, yeah, it says there's also been rumors of a new version of Armada's Tidal Wave as part of Titan's Return. Uh, there's something snarky in me going, where's the whale mode? Hey, a battleship with the right tweaks could look like a very stiff whale. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that as a Tidal Wave. I mean, it's a little small for what you think of a Tidal Wave, because like, in my head, Tidal Wave is all about just being like, towering over the, everything the armada else. game that's yeah. how huge he was well like even in the toys he had like that was like ultra class but he was almost as big as like the supreme size stuff like well, yeah he's, he's just like massive because that's tidal waves thing well and he he played with his parts really well because he, he was kind of a thinner hollow war piece for an armada toy which he used to his advantage to become mm-hmm. enormous um Mm-hmm. Me and Aaron were having a little conversation while you were gone, and then just before I, I had this idea that I was going to share, we started just talking about Star Trek, because that's what happens. 
But uh, with you here, I was thinking, so we were talking about how, you know, with Titans Return finishing sets or being very oriented towards, like, doing the obvious things at all costs, uh, we were talking about whether or not there might be a Titans Return Springer and, and uh, Sandstorm to go with this broadside, uh, since all three Decepticons are happening in Titans Return. And then I was thinking to myself, we don't know who the retool is for Galvatron. And Galvatron's two modes, I could see being muscled into being a helicopter with a huge amount of reshelling. So I wonder... What if Galvatron might end up being a Springer or Sandstorm? If we're getting deeper into the using the core of a transformation, not just yeah. a new skin. Yeah, like with Scourge and Highbrow. You know, where they, they are using kind of the same internal, like, torso skeleton, but otherwise it's almost all new parts. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if, uh, if Galvatron could end up being Springer or Sandstorm. And I'm not saying I want them to do all these obvious things that you know, one could argue may have already been done just as well earlier in generations, but I'm, you know, thinking about finishing sets. You know, I'd prefer something more interesting out of Galvatron, but I wonder if they could pull off a helicopter car thing out of him, too. That's... That would be ambitious. But he's got the right shapes, right? Well, I'm trying to figure out, like, the way his cannon mode is shaped, how you would actually convert that into anything else. Gotta think about take the arms off and take the cannon off and you've got basically a sausage with a rotating thing that can be a jet cockpit make the jet cockpit the tail of a helicopter and i feel like we're starting to get into business you know who knows uh it's that's like my soft speculation um anyway with this test shot being out there hopefully we'll get some alt mode shots so we can at least come to a conclusion one way or another on the whole alpha trion connection but moving on from that topic, we've also got new pictures officially this time uh, showing us what color scheme Victorion will come out in in Japan. Um, <clears throat> there was a lot of uh, hinting towards the wife of the Emperor of Destruction, made people think that it's going to be Deathsaurus' wife, and maybe it'll be all the female Breast Force characters from Victory. It would be like the, you know, super deep cut references. Turns out it ain't. It's uh, all original characters, as far as I know. It's Megatron's female counterpart, Mega Empress. And uh, her four knights, Flow Spade, Trick Diamond, Moonheart, and Luna Club. And uh, according to their bios, um, this team was put in stasis by Shockwave, who was kind of freaked out by Mega Empress and didn't trust her. So put her into stasis while he was in control of Cybertron. Um, apparently, I believe Flow Spade was, was Shockwave's uh, sleeper, not sleeper agent, but his spy in the group who was won over by Mega Empress's massive charisma and betrayed Shockwave. Uh, the other characters, Luna Club, may or may not have some connection to Unicron. Uh, and then, who is it? Trick Diamond and Moonheart are both fangirls for Soundwave and Starscream. Um, and Mega Empress's big ladder in alt mode is apparently a gigantic fusion cannon, which is sort of cool. And then they combine together into Megatronia, um, I've seen a photo on Twitter today from Japanese Twitter, and I did not translate everything, but I saw the right katakana, which, uh, it seems it's being, it's being implied this may actually be a color scheme reference to Precure in some way, uh, the way that their colors are laid out. I've also seen a pretty good comparison of Megatronia's colors to those rainbow icing Oreo cookies you can get. Um, I was certainly... 
a little disappointed that we weren't getting the giant wall of deep cut references when I saw this. That said, I do think these colors are pretty cool because, hey, you know what works with everything? Black. And you know what plays well with black? Really solid fluorescence. Um, which I'm hoping, especially the blue on here, I'm hoping will be closer to a fluorescent blue than a, a flat blue. But uh, they look all right to me. Like I think they, I think they look pretty cool. They don't they don't have me doing backflips, but uh, I liked the Victorian set, uh, colors or not. I, I really like that set of toys, and I'm way into getting it in new colors as new characters. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think this looks really cool. Aaron, how do you feel about the Megatronia set? Um, I think it looks really good. Uh, I think I'm with you. I hope that blue is a little bit um, stands out more because between the other threes and their brighter colors, that blue seems kind of soft. Yeah. Um, but I this is actually a really cool case of where they kind of clash against each other, but they all work because it's black and. Totally. Um, I... I they're going for some also some toku style naming schemes with the spade diamond heart and club yep uh but i it, this looks neat it's, i don't think it's anything i'm going to purchase but i could i mean it it is visually impressive mm. uh and tj how do you feel about the megatronia 5 well it's definitely not what i expected which is probably for the best like I love when they, I, I love when Takara is willing to pull out just like crazy new concepts like this. But it's um, also G one. Yeah, of course it's G one. It's all G one. Because yeah, everything is G one. Turns out off screen they have been in stasis this whole time in G one, mm-hmm. and now they've woken up. No, it's an interesting set. I mean, it, it's kind of interesting to see that team that's like in the u.s designed to be as cohesive as possible actually separated out and like given given some more uh unique looks and unique looks i say as i yeah i look at one team member who's i'm struggling not to see black arachnia hmm yeah yeah i mean it's it's sort of a black arachnia purple on the thanks that i mean that head sculpt was just calling for something a little bit uh Oh, God. She's on my Earth Wars team, and her name just flew out of my head. You know, the ninja. <laughs> Nightbird? Nightbird. Uh, that wasn't the one I was looking at. I was looking at, like, the black and yellow one who actually kind of... Oh! Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, I could kind of see that. I didn't I didn't think about that at all. But, yeah, you're right, with the, with the red squares up top, especially. Yeah, I'm just getting some weird vibes out of some of these. Mm-hmm. No, but it's right. Like, the black brings it together. It's, you know... Fairly, yeah, you know, it's a fairly solid-looking team, and yeah, I like the big bright colors on them. I love the explosive pink that's revealed on the chest, like the from the flaps that fold down on on Mega Empress. Um, there's, there's part of me that's just like, oh, there's the girl. Oh, and all yeah. and all these other color schemes, it's just like, because it's all keeping to like, it's these bright hits of color, but the blacks taking it back to Decepticon vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. the Mega Empress paint job looks friggin' solid. Like, especially if they properly do all that silver. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I threw down a safety pre-order on this uh, on Big Bad just because I, I want to have it bookmarked. Um, this feels like a perfect companion piece to Grand Galvatron, and 
as I've realized over the, over the last year, I turns out just I really like Combiner Wars and Unite Warriors. They are some of my favorite Transformers in a long time. So uh, I'm I'm super up for more color variants. It makes me kind of even frown even more at at uh, Link's Master and how so super close he is to that wave in Combiner Wars. Um. I kind of wish they'd gone crazy with them, although that that would have deprived the Japanese fandom of you know Skylinks and Hound and Trailbreaker, etc. Right. Uh, just seeing no, this. For, for some reason, of all teams to kind of for all like molds to flip around, that Skylinks is the one where in the U.S. they kind of went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like in the U.S., you almost like like to to do retooling on him as well for Lyo Kaiser. Uh, it makes me really wonder, you know if and how Unite Warriors would do Lyo Kaiser. Like, would they toss all the retooling, you know, as was done on Strafe with Computron, or, and would they do their own thing for the torso, or what? It, it's crazy. It? It's crazy Takara, and, like, everything must be show accurate. Like, someone in Takara is, like, looking at those four molds of the, out of the U.S., like, with the new heads and going, the only way to do it for them would be to make, you know, a Jaruga and a Leozak. Yeah, and it certainly isn't impossible, but damn, that would be risky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of new tooling for that set, and sometimes Takara original tooling that isn't masterpiece on on its scale. Sometimes it doesn't go super well, you know. Or sometimes it's very, it's it's a lot more fragile feeling to me. Uh, easy example would be that Unite Warriors blast off. He just has a lot more thin, tabby parts, you know? I don't, I'd, I'd like to see what they'd do if they could do a Lyokaiser on their end. I hope that there's room for that. Um, but Megatronia, I'm, I'm hoping to make room for Megatronia in my collection because I, I am digging the concept. And You know what I like so much about Mega Empress is that she has the, the, uh, the Cybertron Galvatron horns. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, she kind of reminds me just a little bit more of Cybertron Galvatron than uh, than G1 Megatron in a couple oh. ways. Oh, yeah. But uh, I also just like, I like how despite being so Megatron in colors, she still has those shots of just like, especially in vehicle mode, because more of the, the combiner parts are visible there. Just these friggin' shots of pink. Uh, very subtle, but very explosive. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, anyway, that's Megatronia, um, one of probably the final Unite Warriors reveals, unless they do their own Lyokaiser deal. Uh, I do see them not doing Lyokaiser. I think it'll. I think right now Unite Warriors is really dependent on whether the new stuff sells in a way. Like I know that there was that that kind of river they crossed about like you know are we going to do Computron or not? I think there's a good chance they'll do Lyokaiser, but I want to be prepared for the for Megatronia to be the last set. Like I think Lyo Kaiser is likely, but okay. until we see a silhouette, I I would feel it's maybe a bit much to say he's 100% going to happen. Um but Computron legit is happening. That was a, a river to cross on both sides of the ocean whether or not Computron would happen. And uh now we even have in hand, side-by-side -side comparisons of both Computron gift sets. And uh, I put this in the topic list because you two like Computron so much. So, yeah. um, 
you guys both are doing both computrons. Uh-huh. Yeah. What? I'm not judging, I'm just saying you guys are both doing both computrons. Um I, I failed to see what's wrong with this. Nothing. Why, why aren't you? What's wrong with you? Who said I'm not? Okay you know, then. Hands in hands in the air. Uh TJ, side by side. Um is it like like are you are you feeling seeing the side by side pictures? Is it kind of making you feel more confident in the decision to do both? It honestly kind of is. Cause there's still part of me like in my head, I knew like there was so much different between the two, not just in approach on deco, but also just the mold choices and where the priorities went as far as new tooling goes. But seeing it like everything side by side and how it all compares together just kind of hammers that home for me. These are so different from each other. Mm. You know, and it's still like it's still a little bit weird in my head that I'm looking at, you know, two two toys, like two toys that definitely look like Computron. You know, and it's I'm getting the right vibe I need out of them. But at the same time, there is so much different going on with both of them. Yeah. And uh, Aaron, uh, as another person who's got both on the way, um, is this making you feel like, yes, I did the right thing. I got two solid Computrons. Uh, it is, because it definitely is the, you know, like TJ said, the the vastly different takes between two of them. One of them is a very toyetic take, and one of them is a very, like, anime take. Mm. And they both definitely have their place and it i'm glad that each of them kind of swung entirely for their offense mm-hmm. it's not like one of them went 60 40 and the other went 40 60 mm-hmm. because then it'd be then then i probably would feel like something was was not right and like i maybe i'm getting bamboozled on it but with one of them being very much what the toy is supposed to be and one of them being very much like a more, you know, cartoony feeling than, you know, what, which one do you want? You know? Yeah. I think that Japan's kind of, it sort of sucks that even at the toy show, they literally had American Computron there and Japanese fans were like, Hey, why aren't we getting those hands and feet? Yeah. Like, I think that really blows on the, United that's, Warriors the th- side. that's still the thing I, that I don't quite get with Unite Warriors that they haven't because they've only sold Unite Warriors as gift sets, right? Yeah. They've not had one-offs. So I don't know why, you know, if you're intending to have Computron, you say the hands and feet are a part of the torso, if nothing else, and then go from there. Yeah. And, and that I mean, way, if you if you want to do the Scramble City arm swap thing, well, hey, it's in Computron CNA that it has fists that look like Computron's fists, not these hand-foot guns. And it, seeing Megatronia getting the Victorion hands and feet made me feel kind of double salty about it where i was like hey like it's not like you guys are skipping out on these because you want to maintain the hand foot gun like what, what's up the only thing i can think of is, is that may well be also tied into the like the combining weapon yeah deal because Possibly, yeah. that it's not like the combining weapon came out of something else so they can already say like hey we're we've got other custom tooling because like half of computron has unique tooling so i'm throwing my own idea right out the window but they already had something else additional then it's not as odd i don't know it's just the well, only we also, 
Wheels and, to... and and it's high heels and it's Megatron's woman. So, <laughs> well, well, you also keep in mind reasons. that Hasbro pretty much did all that for Victoriana in the first place, and all they had to do was repaint it. Well, no, the Computron hands and feet are totally different. Yeah, those are brand new hands. Yeah. And... Oh. oh, no, 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 no. What I, what I mean is for like Victorian. Oh yeah, because they're baked in oh. with all the Victorian retools. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, yeah, like I... that's what that's what I mean. Like with the. Megatronia getting those particular hands and feet because well, well, yeah, they're yeah. already made and they're already there. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's just it, it. Certainly, this comes down to also an ignorance as to what is tied to what uh, yeah. tooling wise. But mm-hmm. it's it's just it seems like such a raw deal for and but, it's it's also the weird. I think it's the only time I can think of where we have near simultaneous releases in America and Japan of the same you know character set, and it almost feels like. Like on both sides of the ocean, we are being encouraged to buy both to have the full experience. You know, like if you want to have all the anime colors, buy Unite Wars. But if you want all the brand new hands and feet, and if you want Scrounge, get the American one. It's like those are not mutually exclusive things. You're saying, damn it. <laughs> um, I uh, so I, re- I the other day picked up North American Computron, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Kind of playing off the fact they also had to do some name changes. I think there's a way to work it, in my head at least, for both Computrons to exist in like a fun sort of canon way if you play with that whole Betatron thing. Where you can have like American Computron be kind of like the Betatron with Light Steed and Afterbreaker, and then like make his Scattershot be the one spelled with the O, and the Japanese one can be the one spelled with the E. And do something else for the other guys. I don't know. It's sort of it's given the nature of Computron. I'm finding it kind of fun to 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 play around with like why there would be like this alternate Computron uh, setup. He's a backup copy. Yeah, or he's like uh, he's like the V the V zero point seven. Um, that like scrounge is like special arm is like holding together or something. Uh, also, the two sets. This is the only time where I've been looking at these. Not only do I want to get both, but I'm like, man, both perfect effect upgrades feel like they suit both of these sets as well. Because the perfect uh, perfect effect can replace the hand foot guns on the Japanese one, and then perfect effect has a different set that can replace all the superior torso ness on the American one. So it like fully computronizes both gets rid of the hand foot guns on the one that super does not need them and fixes a lot of little bits and pieces i don't know it's it's sort of it's in in an insidious way that involves spending a lot of money it's kind of fun how like the computron experience has worked across the board for all three major marketplaces of japan america Mm -hmm. and unofficial it's like everyone is profiting in some way off of every single version of computron the more I look at the group shots, the more I find that the ones I'm looking forward to the most are the strafes. Oh, yeah. Because like, uh, part of me is like, you know, I grew up with an afterburner and like I had a light speed as a kid. That was my favorite one. But the more I look at that, the more fascinated I am because I can remember like you can see it with just the scatter shots. We've seen that. For so long out of Hasbro and Takara, where Hasbro loves to go toy accurate, Takara loves to go show accurate, but we only ever see that in paint. Mm -hmm. Like, Strafe is the first time I can remember where, like, two completely different molds were were redone to create the same character. 
and it's such a different contrast. Well, it's a level beyond, because, I mean, technically, you could say Nose Cone has the same thing happening, but it's a level beyond with Strafe, because it's like two reshells of two different molds, whereas Nose Cone is like a Rook reshell, and then the American one is literally Brawl with a different gun. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which is, so the, the the drill in person is actually okay, but man, he needs a new head. Like, Lightsteed and nose cone on american computron are just crying for someone to make them new head sculpts because i think that that would go an enormously long way in making because those two are otherwise by far the weakest parts of that box set uh and with new head sculpts i think they would at least be on par with uh like uh what's his name after breaker in the american set but yeah like the strafes i think are like the the capsulated you know, justification for anyone who's getting both Computron sets. Because uh, they're so much different. Um, other than that, uh, so both of you guys haven't handled any Computrons, right? Like you're both waiting with them in piles or waiting for fulfillment to go into piles. One's in a pile, one's waiting for fulfillment to come out of the pile. Mm-hmm. Both of mine are on the way. All you right. suck. <laughs> Get this guy. He keenered his way into... He's going to beat you to Computron, Aaron. You got to do something about this. Beat him with a wrench. <laughs> That's a pretty primal way to deal with that frustration, but hey, you know, you got to do you what you got to do. What you do. Got to do. <laughs> if he comes all the way down to Florida to beat him with a wrench, hey, he deserves it. Here, just take it. <laughs> You've obviously put in more effort than I have. How close are you to West Palm Beach? No. Oh. I also want to throw out there, because we've got a look at the piece of art done for the instruction booklet for Unite Warriors Computron. It's, it's it's adorable. It is the Technobots throwing a thank you party for, quote-unquote, our father, Grimlock. Uh, they are trying to bake him Energon ca- canopies, it looks like. And uh, spraying some Energon champagne, and Grimlock looks pretty freaked out about the whole thing. Uh, there's also that criminal guy from that episode where Marissa Fairborn and the Technobots dealt with the criminal guy. And apparently that little girl is... I think his daughter that he had with Marissa Fairborn in some canon that I don't know well. But uh, Deep Cuts. Uh, And I think that's going to be our Deep Cuts thing for Megatronia, is whenever we get to see her instruction book picture. That'll probably cut all kinds of stupid deep ways. Um, Anyway, any other uh, stuff you guys want to talk about with Computron, or just wait till you get yours? Just waiting now. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Then let's do some listener questions, because we've got a few left over from the pre-August months. Um, I've not been doing listener questions in order that much lately, because I'm kind of just grabbing one that looks fun. But uh, I want to kind of backlog our way out of here. We've got one here from Ace Convoy. It says, Dear Vangelis and crew, I just have two questions. The first being, your true thoughts on R.I.D. and thoughts about the future of Transformers presence on TV. Have you guys ever stopped watching a Transformers series midway and then stopped and never turned back again? This is me with R.I.D. I pretty much enjoyed and rewatched series I've seen, save for Beast Wars and Energon. My favorite series being original R.I.D. Galaxy Force Animated and Prime. Rid in itself, I was thinking maybe I just grew out of the Transformers cartoon thing until I started watching Prime again. Has a series ever left you feeling this way, or have you ever felt so much hate and angst against a particular series and dropped it harder than a character death on game of thrones um that's a that's a that's a lot of zero to 100 there so i'll leave room for the gray zone in between but uh aaron no lies your true thoughts on our id 
Uh, it was very interesting, and then it seemed like it lost steam, or I lost steam for watching it. And has that ever happened to you with a Transformers show before? Before R.I.D.? Um, the Armada Energon Cybertron. Each one, it seemed like I'd watch, like, the first ten or so episodes and be like, eh. Hmm. It's more of the same. We're going to go do the thing that we were doing last time, too. Yeah, I I dropped those dubs pretty fast because I'd already seen them and mm-hmm. kind of made myself see them in fan sub because in the mid two thousands I was just the right age to feel like I was supposed to watch fan subs. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, TJ, what about you? What are your true thoughts on R.I.D.? Uh, I think I think R.I.D. is a perfectly fine show that is not particularly made for my demographic. Hmm. No, uh, I get some amusement out of it. I will admit I'm not as versed on season two. Uh, I've, I saw a chunk at the beginning of season two. I saw a chunk at the end of season two. And there's some there in the middle that I still have never gotten around to. Did you see but, the rock concert episode? Uh, I don't think so, no. I would say that's worth tracking down and seeing. Okay, tracking will be done. Like I can't but, actually remember its title. Cause I, the titles for RD episodes have been pretty bad. Uh, I don't remember any of them, <laughs> but I remember what happens in them. And I think that the rock concert one with uh, with what's his name, the Lobster Man, is up there with two idiots steal a tank. It's it's pretty good because that's the one where it's like Bumblebee. It's like it's like Bumblebee finally coming off as as the dad who still thinks he's a young guy in college, where he's like so hyped about this metal band. And then the kid character is like, they're so lame. He's like, no, you listen, when I was a kid with Optimus Prime, this metal band was the coolest thing. And oh my God, they're so great. And the kid's like, what, whatever. Bumblebee's <laughs> like, you want to go see the concert? And the kid's like, I, I guess if you want to go and check for Decepticons. It's like, yeah, but you, you want to hang out with me in the parking lot and check out the band too? And listen to the concert? And the kid's like, I'll just, you do that. I'm going to go into the stadium and look for the Decepticons. And Bumblebee's like, all right. You don't know what you're missing. <laughs> he's such an old. He's just such a such a dad in that episode. It's it's. I thought it was wonderful. Uh, okay, I have to find it now. It's it's got some good moments. It's uh, it's it's one of the high points of that season. Because um, mm-hmm. I I agree with you for the most part. I think like R.I.D. has been fine. I think it's uh, done enough. It's done enough things I enjoyed to be about as justifiable as uh, either of the first like to be about as justifiable as season two of G one. I guess like it, it's 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 yeah. it's got its fun. It's uh, if it's got a problem, it's that it has a through line, but the through line mostly only exists in the first, last, and maybe one and a half middle episodes of a season. So it it tries to have seasonal arcs while also trying to be episodic. And for the most part, comes off as episodic until you get to the end, and then it comes off as failing to communicate a season-long arc while still acting like it's having a big ending. So it's definitely not like a strong show, but I think it is definitely getting a bad rap. I think a lot of it comes from being the series after Prime, which was incredibly set in its in its arcs uh, again, almost to a fault. Um, but I, 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 I've, I've been enjoying R.I.D. a whole lot more than I enjoyed Superlink. 
Oh uh, god, oh jeez. That's, that's a do show that. that I ended up hate watching because I also <laughs> at the time was the age where I felt like I had to watch the fan subs. Yeah. Because I'm I'm kind of with you and Aaron in the uh I did watch through Armada because I was still in that phase of like, oh my god, they're cars again. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's no animals here. Oh and I was just like I was watching it and enjoying it, but in the back of my head going, I can't get the Minicons names right and the animation kinda sucks. Like Armada at least but, had that moment in those final episodes, like where it it's it crossed that river and it became a shoddily put together but kind of cool space opera anime. Kinda. Like yeah. those the, the Unicron Battles episodes I think made Armada kind of redeemable. Uh but Energon never had that. Like Energon's no. best stuff was up front where it was the epilogue to those good episodes of Armada. And then yeah. it dropped all that and mind wiped everybody. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Energon, like, I, I watched through Superlink, so, yeah. and there was times where it was, like, it, it was a slog, like, they're in this little 15-episode gap of just, like, there's nothing but space battles that look exactly alike and nothing is happening. Oh, and then they do this one really fun episode for, like, the 500th animated Transformer episode, and there's yeah. all craziness going on, multiple versions of characters at the same time, and... And it's and there's a oh there's a Unicron that's like normal size that's kind of cool. But see, the one thing everyone remembers about Energon is, is, is that episode I find for the most part. Yeah, and then, then the, it just then goes if back. People, if people remember a second thing, it's the opening part where it was the epilogue to Armada. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like because at least when Cybertron was slogging and doing the same thing, at least it kind of looked cool at the time. Like at the time, even Energon struggled to look cool. Energon was just very stiff. Like yeah. there was something yeah. about Energon where the style they were going for just never meshed, and I felt like Cybertron did a much better job. Yeah, Cybertron was like the categorical improvement on Energon, in my opinion, in like many ways. Doesn't make it an amazing show because it's it's kind of in the scope of a lot of the weakness of Energon. But it, like like Cybertron, Galaxy Force, they would do things flashier, even if it was repetitive, and when they would switch to the next repetitive thing, it would be quite a visual switch because mm -hmm. it would be like, literally we're going from like racing planet to jungle planet. And it's like, all right, like there's a, at least a full aesthetic alteration to everything going on here that can on my first viewing, at least distract me for the first four weeks of this. Yeah. Like uh, I watched, yeah. Watching through galaxy force. I actually really liked. Yeah. Like, it's, I think it didn't age well and it like, it's hard to watch a second time. But there, there is such like there are things in that series that go on that just like like really hold me in, like you know the episode where Starscream has the best day of any Starscream ever. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that is one of one of the more epic moments in Transformers for me. And I uh, love that part. And uh, and I mean Galaxy Force got a legitimately vocally sexy actor to play Starscream, which carried a lot of that Starscream. Like he had that kind of just like upperclassman butter to his voice that was like I yeah. mean, it worked really well with with the portrayal yeah but if you, you like take it to cybertron where i i could hold on to maybe half of cybertron what really fell out of it for me what dropped it out was it was one of those shows and even when you talk to the actors they will tell you this it's just one of those shows where the directors really didn't care about how good the performance was or how good the show turned out they were just yeah. selling a toy and making a paycheck and it shows so much there's repetitive 
jokes and dialogue that are thrown in. Every moment of silence is filled with just garbled noise that doesn't have to be there. The the what took me out of it was the stock transformations having full conversations going on. So I because I, I had an opposite reaction to that, but only because okay, here's the thing. So I'm going to talk about the previous series as well. So Superlink's one thing that it had going for it was that every voice was a straight up cartoon character. Every Superlink voice. The Japanese voice actors were told to just put on some of the cartooniest, weirdest caricatures to their voices so mm-hmm. that everyone was an identifiable caricature. The dub of en- the, the Energon dub removed all that and everyone just sounded like anime dub military man. Hmm. Uh, and yeah. it was, I think it was the most that's also why I, I never even bothered with the Energon dub is it removed the one thing that that audially was fun with Superlink and it made it so bland that I could not handle it. The one thing about the Cybertron dub, whenever I've touched in on it and watched clips, is that they did what Superlink did, where Galaxy Force kind of evened everyone's voices off, uh, at least for the most part. Yeah, well, uh, you, do, you do start to have to explain why the alien planet of giant robots actually has, like, Scottish accents, but... Yeah, it's because, like, you know, it's it's like with Superlink. Why does Wheeljack sound like Garfield? You know, why did, mm-hmm. why did they give him stoner voice? It's like, well, that was the caricature we hadn't touched yet. So like the Galaxy Force dub in the latter half, the bit and I never watched it all in, in the Cybertron dub. And maybe that's helped. But like when they started doing even more accents and like started just like yammering through the stock footage sequences, I got the feeling that that was like uh, kind of a, a, a release of sorts for all the voice actors where it's like, well, if they don't care, we're going to make our own fun. <laughs> we're just gonna talk through this whole thing because like, otherwise i'm just standing here waiting for the beefs i i would i would go with that if it was just nonsense but it was like like leo breaker and optimus we combining and having this big talk between them about heroics and never giving up and just like just okay, because I, I, when, when I watched it, it was like Optimus going to super mode, and then as he's going to super mode, he's like yelling at Megatron how much he's going to kick his ass. Like, here's and I was what happens. Like, it's sort of fun. Like, okay, I, 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 yeah, but yeah, but in my head, they're here, like, what happens is like it's like going through like Power Rangers or like Sailor Moon is really bad about it, where the transformation sequence is like a minute long, and you're just wondering why doesn't the monster of the week just shoot them now? Yeah. Well, yeah, because it, in your head, it's supposed to be a stylized event of what's going on, and the actual transformation takes like two seconds. Totally, and like I usually agree with that, but like the there's so, because it's the only time I've ever heard it happen in a dub too, because I, I haven't watched enough dubs really to have like a you know a, a full knowledge of them. But like it's the only time I've ever heard a dub take that much liberty with the anime time on the stock footage sequences. And I don't know, something about that where I was like, you know, sure, this this is the time where I'm going to say this whole thing is already so, like, held together with, like, spit and scotch tape. Like, just go for it. Have Optimus going like, ah, when I, I'm putting on my boots and ah, Megatron, when I when this backpack hits me, it's going to give me these guns and I'm going to shoot you. Ah, all right, now I'm going to kick your ass. And Megatron's like, oh, you think you're going to kick my ass? What if I told you that right now I'm turning into a spaceship? That's where my arms are going, and now I'm gonna whoosh. I'm gonna shoot at you, and then they get back to the real action. I don't know. So that's like of all the dumb things the dub did, that's the one I find the most defensible because to me it kind of crossed a line that 
everything else had already been crossing the lines. Like like uh like DJ Soundwave, like the Soundwave dub voice. Yeah. In Cybertron. I kind of liked it cuz it's you know what else are they going to do? You know, especially if the, if they're getting like, you know, flat garbage from the from the scripts and the directors. It's like what half of that stuff felt almost improvised. <laughs> like what if what if this guy seems to carry a boombox in one shot? What if what if I pretend like he's the whitest DJ who ever was like a, a dad being a DJ for his kid's birthday party. <laughs> uh, anyway, that I, I, maybe that says something also that in trying to talk about R.I.D., we're now just talking about the Unicron trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you've been like to, to the listeners, I'll say it again. If you've been totally skipping R.I.D., like it's it's totally got episodes worth watching. Just like, you know, flip through it in your own leisure. Don't watch it week to week. I think that would be the worst way to watch R.I.D. I've always waited until I had a whack of it to go through. Um, But Ace Convoy's second question is, whatever happened to Jarek J. Wyatt's guest appearances? I really enjoyed how well he integrated into the TFW crew and how much of a fan he was himself. Is there any chance you guys can do more things like that with other people involved with the fandom? Thanks for reading, and despite the limited amount of movie coverage you guys will be doing on this podcast this time around, I wanted to speak out as one of the fans who eat it up like candy. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed me and Seth talking about the profile dump we got, uh, the other week or so. Um, but I think, I think to be honest, just about the movie coverage, a lot of it is, is just like set pictures and set reports that I feel like are just saying nothing, you know, <laughs> like we got yeah. this, this report recently where it's like, they got a guy dressed up like King Arthur carrying a Cybertron stick. And I'm like, I could probably delve into that like I did before, but my energy for it has just been evaporated. Uh, over the last two movies. Um, as for, you know, folks like DJ W and other people joining us, the main thing is that our scheduling has just gotten real messy. Um, and it's kind of all over the place. Uh, all the odd episodes right now are, are very uh, seat of our pants just because Seth's work schedule is a jerk. And then with, with uh, the even episodes, every now and then we're kind of like all just getting busy on a Thursday or Friday or in the case of this week's and I think the last one it's Friday when at least two of us, I think go like, Oh yeah. Podcasting. What yeah. should we do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so but, when your schedule is kind of that, f- we're able to be that flexible. Cause we all are kind of, we have the soft agreement of a, let's all do this and B if one of us can't make it, we'll try to accommodate or we'll just roll with it, whatever. But that's a very hard thing to integrate people into. And back when we had more guests, that's when we were a lot more solid about when we recorded and, I think if we tried to re- be strictly solid about when we recorded, that would end up burning us out more than it would help anything, just with the current state of things. But it might change. The podcast changes constantly uh, in terms of how it's made, how it's put together. Um, I think also with, uh, like, Derek, I think, in my opinion, Derek kind of faded from Twitter for at least a year or two when he was working on, on I believe, Ben 10. He's kind of back on Twitter again now. But I know there was a long period where I just wasn't seeing him posting on Twitter, and that's the primary way I've talked to him over the years. So, you know, we could figure something out. But, uh, yeah, the the main thing is just it's it's very hard to get people to work with a schedule that itself is very fluid. Um, if we could get guests on, Aaron, who would you want to have on here? I'd like to have designers on. That would probably be the hardest thing to do. Yep. And they'd be able to say, yes, I worked on toys three years ago. Yeah. Or, or yeah, past, I mean, current designers would be hilarious because it's just go watch a designer desk video and listen to the way they have to talk on those. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's something that's open and being vetted right then and there, and it's still very uh, theoretical in the speech. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the very specific words, I actually find it kind of fascinating myself because I'm a nerd. But, like, have you noticed how they never say transform as a verb? They always say it converts. No, I haven't, but I'm going to have to go watch for that now. That's something that I've noticed over the designer desk videos as they've gone on is they they almost never use transform as a verb. They use convert instead. And I wonder hmm. if that's a legalese thing. Every now and then I spot that like in the little blurb at the end of like a commercial. Yeah. It's like product does not self convert, you know, something like that. Yeah, and I'm I'm wondering if because they are trademarked the Transformers, if they would then because they're calling that the line, would they then have to spend more money if they were going to use transform as a verb as well in spoken word? I don't know. I this is also I don't know how legal stuff works in general. That's why I just live in my apartment and plug away at my things. But yeah, uh, TJ, who would you want to have on as a guest? God, the the easy answer is going to be voice actors, but I talk to enough of them as it is. Um, on, honestly, like, part of me would more be interested in like uh, writers or directors for the show. Like, yeah, especially ones that have like a like a long history with the series, like Sue Blue. I would be fascinated to talk to. Mm. Yeah, she she would be really fun to talk to, and. uh I think I still have to. I don't know if I've if I've yet been at a convention where she's been able to come in person because she keeps having, you know, various misfortunes that that keep her away uh, whenever I've been there. Um, but that would be a lot of fun because she's also she's done so much of the voice direction part. And uh, well, it, it's a well, just when you look back at her career, because you know, aside from just RC and Transmutate and all the all the voices she's done in Transformers, uh, yeah, she was director on animated director on prime for a while director on beast wars the big thing was like she got her directing start with the original ninja turtles ah. which was like that's kind of a huge way of kicking off a, a directing career mm -hmm. man i did not know she did direction like her, on that that's really cool yeah she's got a huge pedigree yeah like I know she's she's been doing it for a while, but I, I didn't know that specifically was where she started. That's because uh, to, to me that was uh, good. That that was back when like studios was like, well, it got this like teenage turtle show that everyone wants to do, and nobody wanted to do it. But she was up and coming director, so she just so she kind of bit the bullet on what nobody thought was going to be a hit, and then you know. You know, t you know, like ten seasons later, it's you know, like one of the the biggest show of the nineties. Yeah, it's like like to me, and maybe this 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 is not a popular opinion, but like when so if I'm talking to like designers or to a lot of writers, I would want to talk to them a whole lot about Transformers and other robots. If I'm talking to voice actors, I kind of want to talk to them about anything but Transformers, because I, I don't know. Like I feel like talking to them just about Transformers is like. I'm just going to hear stuff they've told people already. But, like, I, with voice actors, I have more fun talking about, like, anything else. Like, what are you working on now? Are you writing anything? Are you, or, like, um, you know, or what are you acting in right now? Are you doing any face acting? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I find that more interesting with, with actors. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's, 
the answer to that question. Uh, our second listener question for today is from Malunus T, who says, this question isn't technically Transformers related, but it could be worth answering for toy collecting in general, so maybe it makes it Transformers related. Sure. Uh, anyway, I recently dealt with the realization that some of my common Rider figures are six years old and no longer have the ability to stand. I feel like they're not good enough to sell, and the fact that they're Japanese imports makes me feel weird about giving them away to Goodwill, so I have no idea what to do with them other than store them in their respective boxes and store those away. Uh, just specifically to you, Malunus, what I would recommend is figure out really figure out all the different tricks to tighten joints and revitalize those figures, because if it's just loose joints, that's fixable uh, in 99% of cases. But uh, his main question is, how do you deal with junkers that you can't pawn off to others in good conscience? At the end of the day, should it all just go to the garbage? I would immediately just say, you shouldn't just throw it in the garbage, but that's because I have this weird hang-up about landfills. Uh... And, and, and I shouldn't because I throw away lots of things. But for some reason, like, enormous plastic things with metal pins in them feels like I'm crossing a line that I don't want to cross. Um, but Aaron, how would you answer the question? How do you deal with junkers uh, in general? Um, right now, the way that I do, it all goes in storage into the basement. What I think I need to be working towards is there's still value in those things. Um... You know, the thing is, if it is something that's authentically just loose, then there are ways, like Chris said, you can tighten them up or get figure stands for or something like that if you still want to display them. If you're, like, past wanting to display them anymore, man, find a forum that has that interest and put it up on that. You're going to get something out of it better than you're getting out of Goodwill. And it'll go on to somebody else that might have interest in it. And maybe they can touch it up, make it stand better. And you might get your value back out of it or a little bit less in order to roll it into something else or to, you know, pay off old debts or buy a new something else. I mean, especially just, if it's if it's like if you're talking about common rider figures and they just have loose joints like and if you're at the point where you're even considering throwing them away, I would go to a forum and say, I'm considering just tossing these, but does anyone want them? The joints are loose. Like, someone is going to say, oh, I can fix that. Yeah. Uh, just Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and even then, just say, like, hey, just if you're like, if you don't think that it has value to it, which it likely still does, just say, hey, you know, how about you cover shipping? Just yeah. to get it out of the house. And that will, you know, if this is like common rider figures, like we were kind of assuming here, because I don't think he actually, did he actually say common? No, he did. He, he said, said common some, rider. Yeah, he did. common rider figures. Boop. See, not enough caffeine. That's what happens when we record with, when I don't How have much just do straight brain juice. You get a, a really bad amount. It's sad it's and because pathetic, that, I know. Are you, did the black blood of the earth damage you? Maybe. I don't know. It just like mm. blocked things open or something. No. Um... <laughs> But yeah, for something like Common Rider, you're going to be able to go to um, Toku Nation or even TFW, or, you know, just just someplace and say like, "Hey, I have all of these Common Rider toys. I don't want them anymore. You know, here's prices OBO or just pay for shipping, and you'll have somebody that's interested in them more than likely take them off of your hands, and then they're gone, and it's not cost. You've not lost anything out of it." Just sending it off to Goodwill, I always, when I see people talk about like, oh, hey, I just took this big bin of stuff to Goodwill, 
I get that. I do because I have a bunch of stuff that I'm like on the borderline of doing that, but it feels like it's lost value. And then especially with something that's, you know, well, like Melinda says, it's, you know, it's an oddball thing. Japanese import stuff going to Goodwill, they're not going to do anything with them. It's going to end up in the like weird toy bin where you fill up a bag for $5 and and then everybody's losing value on it. Yeah, like to me, it's just as long as it's, I think the most valuable thing can do something money aside is is keep it within the people who are passionate about it as mm-hmm. much as possible, and then just as long as you are not putting it somewhere where it's going to end up in a landfill, uh, or most likely will not end up in a landfill. That to me at least is the is the best thing you can do with something, because uh, if it, if it's if it goes in the garbage or if it goes somewhere where after a few months they're just going to send it off with the trash, and it ends up it's, you know just cluttering up a landfill. It's kind of like that's. That's that's pawning the problem of that space off to the to the greater populace in a way. I don't know how to put it mm-hmm. right. Um, it I just feel like it's better to straight up tell other collectors you'll give it to them for free than toss it in the trash. Or you know, it's tossing it in the trash is just uh, the, the landfill thing makes me kind of weird. It's just the thing I'm going through right now. I don't, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about landfills. I'm sure that I'm extremely ill-educated. Uh, <coughs> so I'm like, I'm like those people who are like, well, it doesn't feel much warmer. What do you mean climate changes? But like with landfills. So I'm, I'm probably one of those people. But uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of at all costs keeping it, you know, within the people who are passionate about that stuff. Um, unless literally no one wants it. But I would be surprised. Uh, TJ, what do you do with junkers and, and etc.? Hmm. I, I generally, since most of my stuff stays on display, I generally don't have too much that ends up as strictly junk. I do have a bin in the back for things that have been retired from shelves or retired from casual play and all that, and it doesn't really go anywhere. Like, I, I'm probably overdue to sort through it and figure out what to do with all of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm very much in that same kind of mindset where you don't know what kind of value it's going to have to some other person just because lost value to you. Right. So yeah, it might have loose joints. Maybe they can fix it up. Maybe it's missing some parts, but someone really likes that character and would like to just have it on their desk for cheap because it's missing stuff. I myself have a figure art pink ranger where I don't know what happened to the little baggie. I kept her parts in. I got her default fists on her, but none of the extra hands and no power bow. Hmm. So, like, you know what? If someone out there had, like, if one day I happen to get lucky and someone says, hey, my my figure art pink rangers, like, got its parts, but its legs broken off. Like, okay, here's, like, what do you want for it? Yeah, I got good news. Um, I think so also, or go ahead. I was say, there's always situations you don't know about. It's just a matter of, like, people wait for the right opportunity for that. And, you know, if you got a big pile of stuff that just maybe its time has gone or you're just thinking, like, it's just the space is more valuable than this stuff is, just there's no real harm in just seeing what other people would see out of that pile. Yeah. And I, I feel like I should clarify because I, I realize, like, I've been leaving out it. There's a huge gap in everything I've been saying like legit junker junkers that are not import pieces like you know if you have like busted dc toys or something like that like that's probably a much different scenario um i would still you know try to keep that within at least at least approach customizers with that stuff first because customizers 
who heavily scratch build often I've heard can use working joints and whatnot. But um, with 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 that kind of stuff, like that, yeah, that's that's good willable more so than anything else because it is not weird like import stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And and in that same vein, I would say if I've had stuff I really don't know what to do with, man, the TFCon charity auction has been a wonderful place for that stuff to end up. Because it's yeah. like, listen, you guys, I know you guys, I, I trust them a whole lot. So it's like, I know you guys know how to handle this stuff. So here's a, here's a bucket of things I don't know what to do with, deal with it. And it, like this year, uh, I gave them the, the New York Comic Con 2011 Nerf guns that I have no idea what to do with. And this year, Dan Gilvezan was a guest and he was running the auction. So they took the Bumblebee gun, gave it to him, said, said he'll sign it. And the thing sold for like, I think like 80 some dollars. So that was that that was like almost worth it alone. Um, Like the only thing I've ever heard of that is legit just landfill is those McFarlane sports toys. (laughs) Uh, I I think on the TFCon prep, we might have said it on the air or not. I can't remember. But like literally after the auction, those sports toys, the people running the auction could not give those to children like children did not would actively say, I don't want it even for free. So it's like, okay. <laughs> the only time I've had that experience was I was trying to sell off a bunch of uh, Star Wars Power of the Force figures that came out. Mm-hmm. Like that, like back when they had a big boom of Star Wars toys and those were just cluttered every single shelf everywhere. Those have no retaining value. Because uh, pretty yeah. much every, every one of them has a far better figure out now and those were really not that good they all had this tiny head huge torso thing going on i could i i think i had to i think i had to craigslist those for like less than three bucks a pop those are the things where i would just put them all in a bag like cataloged bag and be like hey do you want this (laughs) i'll sell it to go to every comic store every toy every every small local toy store you could possibly get in contact with and just go like Hey, I got this bag of Star Wars toys, and if you know there's some good ones, highlight those ones. Go like, I'll sell you the whole bag for $20. And if they're like, $20? Sure, it's like, cool. I got $20. I don't have to do the work of sorting out what's good in here, and all this stuff is out of my life. And I have $20. I won. Uh... (laughs) Anyway, it's a very... It's a varied question. And also, a lot of people have different... A lot of people... Uh, attribute value in different ways and to, and to a lot of folks like caring about the $20 value or anything is like so beneath anything that they care about with toy collecting it's it's not going to even be an yeah. issue yeah I mean there is a certain cutoff point if it's a bunch of like $2 coin op things then yeah that you know on top of it that's just you know what's your um, opportunity value for the time that you spend trying to do something versus just getting rid of it yeah, and of course the easiest way to get rid of stuff is to literally throw it in the trash or yeah. drag it over to Goodwill. And if that's what works for you, that works for you. I just would, as always, I'd say the trash is there's just so much about it that makes me feel guilt ridden. I just can't even fathom it for actual toys like packaging. Sure, but but I, even with packaging, if there's styrofoam in it, I'm like, I'm like they they figured out how, actually. You know what? Here, let me show how ignorant I am. Aaron, have they figured out what to do with styrofoam? No idea. Damn it. Like, you can make cups out of it, maybe? Because, like, like toy packaging with bricks of styrofoam in it, I'm like, I feel like a scumbag like, can, when I throw can that you, out. Can you, can you eat styrofoam? 
not well i mean you could technically eat anything okay i saw a tv program about a lady who eats rocks because she likes it well maybe maybe like convince her that the styrofoam's a rock and then that's how you can get rid of the styrofoam i think styrofoam is legitimately toxic and would probably kill someone if they ate it yeah, we we need this, the science. To yeah, I'm up. pretty sure I'm pretty sure more people have been killed by rocks than styrofoam. I, you know, hey, maybe we should change that. <laughs> that went some. That sounded a lot less dark in my head than while I heard myself saying it. Uh, but yeah, like like styrofoam in toy packaging. I know people think it's cool and retro, but I'm like, unless you're keeping all that enormous bloated packaging, when I see styrofoam in toy packaging, I kind of wince a little bit because I'm like, God, like what am I? I can't throw this out now. Because where is this going to go? <laughs> Unless there's something... Like, hey, like I said, I'm ignorant. If, if they figured out how to recycle styrofoam, then, yo, well, I got... Let me tell you about TFC Hades and the styrofoam coffins six figures came in. Those are guilt-ridden toy packagings. Anyway, uh, we've got one last listener question here from Open Challenge, uh, who says... Not a listener question, but as I'm looking at the upcoming Waves of Titans Return, it seems like the molded mechanical details, or greebles if that's the term, has become too small for its own good. Power Master Optimus Prime has some of this on his arms, and Titans Return Voyager Megatron looks like he'll be covered in it. I'd like to hear opinions on this where applicable. Thanks. So, I took I, my first reaction to this was like, what are you talking about? But I, I did go look at Power Master Prime on his arms, and I think I know what Open Challenge is talking about. Um, mine is behind me. Excuse me for a second. <laughs> Huh? Mine is mine is in hand, so... Okay, so you see how Power Master Prime has those three sculpted kind of dashes on his forearms? Yeah. And you see how they're stuffed with teeny tiny mechanical detail? Mm-hmm. I think that's probably what he's talking about. Um, personally, I don't believe that stuff can become too small for its own good, because to me, that stuff is... On, like, Neo Classics toys especially, that kind of stuff is only a value add to me. Uh, it's, it's potentially stuff that you can, you know, even yourself, just add a little dash of silver paint in to make it really pop out, uh, leave it unpainted to make it kind of fade away. Personally, I don't think that stuff can get too complicated on a Neo Classics piece. If we're going to talk about Masterpiece toys, that's a whole different conversation, but on something like Titan's Return, I don't personally think it's a problem. Um, Aaron, how does that stuff strike you? Uh, I agree with you, pretty much. Um... A little bit of mechanical detail, I think, on something like a uh, Masterpiece is good. The amount that ends up on Titan's Return would be too much. Mm-hmm. But for Titan's Return, it's very much uh, a look that kind of follows the whole line. Yeah. And it, I think I think it looks good. I think it makes um, them all because look it, bigger in a it, way. It makes them look bil- bigger uh, because it's like, you know, if you're something that big, you're going to have other details and having it get filled out makes it look like there's something going on you know they it keeps them from looking cartoonish um and i mean that in as looking like a cartoon not like oh god it's dumb and cartoonish yeah um because you know in the cartoon except for a very few series are they going to throw a ton of detail into something like that it it definitely gives them a a more lived ins not quite look but more mecha- like this is a mechanical being and there's stuff going on underneath the skin rather than just big flat panels yeah and uh tj how do you feel about um the the smaller levels of granular greeble on titan's return stuff um i'm kind of in the same boat 
there is part of me that fictionally knows what, that looks like really small components. Why would you leave that exposed? But it does make the toy more interesting to see the depths of layer to the actual like physique of a of a transformer to see some a little bit of what lies under the skin and kind kind of get the feeling that you know these are extremely complicated machines rather than just you know like uh, you know parts of a truck that turned into a robot you know it's it's one of those things where you know like I don't like I know I can get to the point where it's getting too busy and I can kind of see what he's talking about on the Megatron because he does have quite a bit of that going on. Mm -hmm. But as long as it's done appropriately, as long as it's, you know, you know, done the right way, I don't really have an issue with it. Like go hog wild. Like as long as, you know, the more the more you do, the more, you know, the more there is to look at on a figure. Yeah, like I, like I said, I feel like to me, it more often feels like a value add when it's also when it's not just panel lines, but it is this like very like on Optimus, like it's not just a bunch of mush, but like it's clearly supposed to be wiring pistons and circuitry. Um, and, and like it's 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 clearly communicating that in the in the sculpt. And like to me, that's just a value add. Um, but I, I do want to say, especially since we're all, in, you know, basically agreeing that on this uh, ourselves like to open challenge i completely get what you mean and i totally can see how that would be off-putting to someone else's taste and in certain cases i would say it has no place being this this detailed on something like an animated toy on something that's trying to be uh more of a callback to an animation model it should not be this heavily detailed um but on titan's return i feel like it's it's just so entirely appropriate to not only the overall aesthetic but to the communicated gimmick of little transformers on on giant bodies like it just it all speaks to the message of titan's return in a way that i just feel is very appropriate um if we're gonna talk about like outside of this like i'm 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 sure there have been examples where i've not been as into stuff being quite as bits and pieces looking but uh on titan's return specifically like i just i don't see it as anything but a positive myself um but I think it's an interesting conversation to bring up because I feel like, 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 sculpted detail on a surface on Transformers is the first thing people will tend to gloss over when talking about Transformers. Uh, even though I think we're all talking about it more now than we did, you know, like many, many, many years ago. <laughs> I think it was it was one of the last qualities of a Transformers toy for, that people really started to appreciate. Um, just on you know a surface that otherwise would be flat, having just little things carved into it. Like it does so much to just make it feel like it's a, it's a more detailed toy, even if it's not all brought out in paint. Um, anyway, listeners, you know, if you've got opinions on Greeble, drop them, along with your pants, because we are a free wheeling, free balling podcast here. It's Sunday morning. One of us is wearing a bathrobe. Yep. Uh, let's end on some what we got this week. Um, now I know neither of you have got Computron. But nope. Uh, did either of you get Transformers this week? I got quite a few. God, okay. This guy, this Keener over here, got TJ. Did you get some Transformers this week? Uh, I got a, a few. These Keeners, these Keeners everywhere. Aaron, is is your stuff mostly Titans Return? Uh, fifty fifty. Oh, okay. Well, Aaron, uh, what did you get? And TJ, if he got something you got, just yell at him. 
carte blanche. Noted. Okay, well, I'll start out with the non-Titans return stuff. Just to to mess with the flow of all the other discussion. And to avoid being yelled at. <laughs> yeah. What's weird is this is where he's going to yell. Like, oh, yeah, I got that. <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. The uh, robots in disguise, um, Starscream, and whatever his name is that's not Scorponok. Parawan. <gasps> Is this one of those fake yells? Yeah, I'm, I'm what, waiting. What, is, happened? Is, is, what happened? Is there a yell? I, I heard a sharp inhalation. Is this one of those fake yells? I don't... It'd be so paranoid. We don't Jeez, do, we just don't keep do going. blue balls yelling around here. All right, we... <laughs> we gust... Um, Aaron. Yeah. I picked up those at TFCon, and I really like them. Yeah, I do too. Um, my... Uh, both of them have pretty interesting transformations... The Starscream, the way that his various parts flip back and forth in order to form his jet, makes a pretty interesting jet. Once it's said and done, a little bit thick and then thin through the body of it. But um, I, I enjoy it. My biggest problem with Starscream is I have super wibbly hips. I don't think anyone got a tight Starscream. Okay. Uh, I, had, I had Actually, I had to do a lot of work to, like, I had to use a surprising number of coats of floor polish to get his joints to really tighten up in some places. Uh, yeah, the only place for me, the re- and the reason why I thought it might have been um, a one-off, because it seems like every other one of his joints is pretty tight. It's just the balls on the hips and, like, the the thigh swivel mm-hmm. are both kind of, or I say kind of loose, I'm being nice, are both very loose. And it's weird that that's the same, like, to me, that's been the point of weakness on a lot of modern Transformers, is, like, specifically yeah. that, that mushroom peg thigh and the ball socket hip, and I'm like, is something shrinking in especially, especially when, like, so much of these builds now come down to that being a very important point. Yeah. Because it's great, you can have all the great artic- arm articulation in the world that you want, but... You know, if as soon as he's not in a stock upright pose, he just like the only reason right now is I set him down. I set him down with straight legs. His both of his legs have caught on his wing cape thing. And that's why he's standing. Man, that is just how incredibly loose his hips are on mine. Well, you're you're part of the ministry now. You know how to fix that. Yeah, you're I a, do. you're you're a, an acolyte, an apprentice. But uh, I kind of wish his guns were bigger for his null, null ray cannons. But mm. that is about it for him. For Paralon, Paralon, Paralon. I really dig the way that his claw to shoulder things work. Mm-hmm. I just wish that there was a handle inside the overclaw part. I can see what you mean. Yeah, that. Because I, I kind of feel similar in that I like the trick, but it doesn't feel solid in Scorpion mode. And then on mine, the tabs that it uses to lock into the chest are just off enough that if I bump them the wrong way, they fall off. See, they hold together well for me when it's up on the chest. So if if nobody's looked at, at, at Paralon, it's a Scorpion-looking dude where his Scorpion claws are like a glove thing and... They slide up his arms and clip onto his shoulders. It's super so cool. It, it it's really cool. It's not just super cool. It's like double super cool. That's called ultra cool. Oh, maybe maybe mega cool. It's ultra gear. Ultra gear. There we go. Oh, yeah. Jesus. 
Um, the the issue that I have is so his his robot mode hands are just friggin' pirate hooks, kind of. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wish that inside of this piece that opened that like clamshell opens up, that when you slide it down for his arm, that there was a handle in there because then the only way to keep those in place is you like have to lock his scorpion arms in one location, so that what's kind of the elbow joint holds part of the claw against his like bicep and shoulder. Yeah. In order to keep it from rattling. And it seems like if there was just a handle inside of the hook, then you could trim back or, or change it a little bit so that you could have the scorpion claws do something other than just be locked in place rigid. There was a, there was a, a, a decent time with that toy where because of that setup and, you know, the fact there is no just peg for the hand... I thought I was screwing something up because they. I, I assumed that I could just pose the scorpion arms. Yeah. And you, you kind of can, but it makes the glove start rattling. And I thought, oh, I must have knocked this loose. I must be right. failing to see where it locks in. And, like, you know, it was also really late at night when I opened them up because I was packing. So I was just sitting there going, right. like, what am I doing wrong? I mean, there's a little bit of shape inside of it that kind of lines up with the shape of his hand. But it just seems like a little peg or tabs that went onto the forearm. To really just like click everything together would have would have really punched it up. Oh yeah, totally. Um, hit for me his his digitigrade legs, actually the what would be like knee and then high ankle joints stand hold very well. So I can have him stand almost fully upright off of his legs. Nice. And it holds in place. So those joints are super stiff. Yeah, I've got him standing like full on stilts mode right now. And he's holding just fine. And for him, his hips could maybe stand to be a little bit tighter if I'm having him walk around like he's on carnival stilts. Um, but they hold very well. I've got him at a decent A stance splay. And they're holding in full stilts. You You collapse it down for... Like creepy leg look, and it holds even better. Um, but yeah, I, I I enjoy it very much. Um, I still dig these RID toys. They're a neat other world than just the um, Titans Return. Everything's ahead, or is directly involved with being ahead. Well, especially the current RID toys, which are a the most interesting designs from the show, that being the Decepticons, and B. They are severely benefiting from a year of experience. Like, it, mm-hmm. it feels like they are. It's like back in Animated when, like, you know, as Animated went on, the toys just got smarter and smarter. Uh, I feel like RID is doing the same thing. It's just, it still sucks that for the most part, they are too expensive when they're not on sale for what they are. Right. Um, they just, the price on them is just, it's just a little brutal for how little they are. Yeah. Um, just, just a touch salty, especially when, you know, you put this guy who is of the same price point as a as a deluxe Titans Return Headmaster guy, and there definitely seems like there's a difference in value there. Yeah, and it's um, weird because the Rid toys are kind of like deluxe minuses as far as yeah. how they feel. Yeah, and they're from the kid line, yet they the price on them is so I almost say ridiculous that they feel like they're aimed squarely at collectors. Price-wise, like the Warrior toys are so confusing, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm, I'm just happy more people are messing with them now. Because you know, aside from Steeljaw, I would say near like every single one that isn't Steeljaw that I've messed with has felt like a totally valid Transformers toy, uh, like totally worth picking up. Um, 
So I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed them. That that yeah. Starscream made me so happy. That I need to I need to touch up Starscream, but yeah, they're both super fun. Um I just wish that they were filled out more or had Yeah. There there it, it's like a solid B and it's like I see where you were going with this and just like a little thing here. I kind of wish instead of a sword he had some kind of hook weapon. Mm-hmm. So that when you plug the sword thing into the end of his scorpion tail, it looks like it's just a bigger scorpion tail, not he just suddenly has a weird serrated blade grown out of his tail. I also wish he had a different weapon so it would set him farther apart from Scorpionok. Like, yeah. the new head is great, but, like, you know, Scorpionok in the show is is one of the, the, the space pirates, and so the sword totally works for Scorpionok. And it's not like it doesn't work for Paralon, it's just it feels like the wrong weapon for Paralon. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like like a hook or, or like just a straight up injector looking thing, I think would have been. Cool. Yeah, even even that. Yeah, just like he's going to put something into you that you really don't want. Womp womp. Uh, so then for Titan's return, I got myself a rewind. Here's I don't hear anyone yelling. Thing. I don't hear anyone yelling. Okay. Okay. I, I was hanging for a little bit. No, no, um, no, no, I, no I had re- I've had rewind for a while. I talked about him before. The yeah. the biggest issue I've had with him is a couple times forgetting that his gun is in his side when he's a data slug. I did that, which I need to just quit turning him into a data slug because it's like wow, he's a little MP3 thing. Although, did you know that you can that the hole that's in like the back of one of his arms? Do you know what that hole's there for? I do. You want to say? Okay, it's it's the same size as a headphone jack. Mm-hmm. Ah, I did not know that. Yeah. Now, it doesn't quite hold a headphone in there. It the the jack will go in, but since there's like no retention clip in there, it won't stay in there if you jostle it any. But I was sitting there like, man, what is? Wait a second. He looks like an MP. Hold on. Then I had to like go digging for a headphone jack, and it just drops right in. Man, that's cool. Um. And I do like that he has posts on him for his tank mode that is good for headmasters. I wish they were somewhere else. Yeah, a little I, bit. I put a, I put a headmaster on him, and I was like, y- you look like an idiot standing on top of the tank turret. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> like, no but one looks I, for, smart up there. <laughs> for his size, it's not like there's a whole lot of play. He could stand on top of the tank turret or right in front of the barrel. I wish. I just wish there was, like I don't know, a ledge and a peg on the very back somehow. Yeah, like this is just me. Like, and th- I think that it's great that my big, like, one of my biggest problems with the toy is how the headmasters can ride it, because that yeah. means we've boiled it down to that. Because um, to me, it's with rewinds. Really, it's that, and his elbows are way too high on his arms in robot mode. Yeah, but like that's it. Um, my <clears throat> data slug sticker alignment is pretty good. Yeah, mine's great. I really lucked out, um, I guess. I, th- I think that was... Uh, Codes was the one that was Horabad. Hmm. Was it his at TFCon? There was somebody that had I think sticker alignment his... that was that was. If it wasn't yours, bad. it was his. Yeah, well, I just got mine, so I didn't have one then. Why didn't you have... You should, well, why didn't you go back so you can compare it? I, I, th- I thought about it. <laughs> but... I um, considered time travel. So I also got the uh, bright orange space racist. Welcome and to I, the and so have you, have I you entirely been... blame the comic books, right? Like uh, specifically, <sighs> the more that meets the eye writing for him. Like the the, the one off was okay, 
but like mm-hmm. J-Ro really hit some good notes with him. Yeah. I, th- I think it was just the he added a certain amount of smug bastard to him that made him feel less like a, a it made him feel like he had layers to him as mm-hmm. opposed to the way that Star Saber often felt. Right. Like there's maybe a reason for it beyond just like, you know, he sees the the better Cybertron that's entirely wrong. But he has that's the whole thing that like no good villain is a bad guy in his own story. Yeah, but at the same time, I think Sentinel Prime is, is a great example of he's he's pretty irredeemable because at his very core, he just seems like he's kind oh, yeah. of he's kind of an asshole. But yeah, like he he's he's very much an asshole. But like they're playing it in a way that's sort of fun as opposed to the way you could write a character like this where he's he's a terrible person in the way that that manifests is oh he's gonna kill someone every time he enters a scene. But in this right. one, it's kind of like no, he's doesn't seem like he's going to just straight up shoot someone in the face. He's going to monologue at them. And there's kind of, if there's one thing we are kind of lacking in the current books, it's a monologuing antagonist. Right. That and it seems like the couple times in the comic books, he's at least said, I forget which interaction it was, but it was like, oh, you know, you've got the opportunity to be on my good side. And then that person holds to their morals and he's like, no, you're done. But at least it's like, it's not just like, I'm a bad guy. I'm going to stand here and monologue a little bit and then kill everybody because I'm a bad guy. Yeah. It's like, no, I have my ideals. They're messed up ideals by anybody else's standards, but they're my ideals, and so I'm going to kill everybody that doesn't agree with me. And at least that is that gives you, like I said, then he's interesting because he has his own ideas and thoughts and motives and follows them as he thinks is right. Yeah. Even though he's horribly wrong. Well, like, here's the best way I can put it. I actively do not want to see him die at the end of Titan's Return. Because mm-hmm. I feel like he is bringing something that is useful and worth revisiting to the comics. Which is to have this kind of just, just awful space racist living out in the, in the universe somewhere occasionally. Like, I love the Titan's Return is mostly just... Sentinel Prime has shown up and is walking around the three ongoings being a terrible person to everybody. Mm-hmm. But it's and it's it's like that's the event more so than, you know, I mean, I'm sure this will go. It'll go there. But like, it's not like immediately oh, the fate of the galaxy is at stake. It's like, no, this awful person has just come back in the picture and everyone's having to deal with like, oh, we didn't have this before. Uh, like I really liked in, in in the more than meets the eye issue when they the way it was worded in the news report like what he did in the one shot it's like this guy just showed up in the street and just opened fire on the Decepticon district and left and like you know just worded like the way that you know the news would report on a uh, on a, a mass shooting kind of thing like this is just this terrible guy and uh, and he's not like a, of galactic import. You know, mm-hmm. like, for, I feel like they've been getting better at the at the at the Transformers comic events year by year. I'm not saying like that they've been good on on like a high level that everyone should be reading, but Titans Return's been doing it even better than the last two. Um, and then where we started is it made me triple excited when I got the toy. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it, that's one of the, another one of the best things I can say is that the current comics actually made me excited about the toy in a way the toy didn't. Yeah. That and this one feels like it fits and tabs together better than the one that my doppelganger tossed up on the table during the podcast panel. I'm convinced there have been running changes already. Like, that's that's why when everyone was like, hey, you can get Wave 2 on Robot Kingdom, I was like, yeah, but no. 
because I, I bet you that wave two stock feels worse than whatever I'll get in Canada when it shows up. But he is a little bit tighter overall. The legs feel stronger than that one did. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I like having his shuttle with the train parts forward rather than the round shuttle parts. Oh, I haven't tried that. Yeah. Do, 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 have you have you got him right nearby? I have him right here. I'll do, ignore right. my clickety click. Um, it it actually kind of gives it a different like again more <laughs> greebly look of uh, of a different spacecraft. It makes it seem almost like it's bigger because it has different details there than just a a rounded thing is just a rounded thing, but the train part has enough like doors and panels and the like that it makes it seem larger. And I'm waiting for for Chris to finish it to see what it looks like. I just took his, I just took his, I'm just going to do the legs. So we're not sitting here forever. Yeah, that's okay. Um, By the way, I know that this guy is not like a super popular toy and that his transformation isn't amazing, but I actually really like his transformation and oh my God, that totally works. Yeah. Holy crap. That's way cooler. And then the other thing that I noticed on him uh, that I'm I'm happy yet sad for is so like the the fin sit on his back right and then yeah. it has the neat like sit up and pivot around get those wings out of the way of his back and look at his back he has like doors and train detail stuff that you would never see because when he's a train. You take the slug on top and you fold the wings down oh, and cover holy that crap. up. Yeah, you're right. Oh, man, I wonder what the hmm. that just makes me want to know, like, if there was some other intent for this design. Right, like if the the big wing pack thing could easily be lost off of this and be something else. Oh man, that makes me want to do a little bit more with Astro. I, like, I don't have Astro Train, but it makes me want to mess with Astro Train more mm-hmm. to see if there's like something there that like I'm we've all maybe been missing. I'm sure we haven't, but yeah, like I he like he doesn't do much, but like I just really because he does something, I just find him really fun. Like he's a yeah. fun he's a fun figure. But yeah, like I said, I like his when he's in his Astro half of the astro training mode with that nose piece it looks almost like the the orange colors almost get away with being like the arc kind of yeah because i man so I, I saw uh cheetamus did a repaint of this guy where you know among other things the to me the primary thing he did is he changed the orange to a more pale yellow orange like in the comics okay and it does so much for this guy that like I think I mentioned this before. I'm kind of bummed out. He's probably not going to have a Japanese release because I would mm-hmm. love to see this guy with a colder orange or at least a yellower orange. Like just something okay. that wasn't so red. Right. But yeah, I I dig him as the space racist. Yeah. And then my last get was just yesterday I drove the hour or so to Kokomo to go to uh, Kokomo toys to the Kokomo toy store to get myself Power Master Optimus Prime because they were sighted at Toys R Us's and then never showed up and I've gone to went to my Toys R Us every day for the last two weeks and trying to uh, see 
what's going on and 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 uh, see if you know I can I can get me some of this Power Master Optimus Prime and they have like four or five of the leader um, Skywarps from the previous line, mm. so I don't think they're actually going to uh, ever get leaders again. It seems like um, the one time I had somebody come over and ask me, "Hey, what are you looking for?" and I explain it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's right here." I'm like, "No, that's that's not it. That's I mean, I thank you for the help, but this isn't what I'm looking for. <laughs> no, that's leader. I'm like, yeah, I know that's leader, but that's I'm looking for a specific toy, and that one, that one isn't it. I I, I appreciate it, but it's uh, Transformers uh, leader. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, that's that's been fun, and so I thought, well, it's been a while since I've been there. I know that they frequently have things way at the cutting edge, and kind of charge for it but um <clears throat> prime was only a little bit over msrp um by like five bucks which is an easy thing to do um especially for something like a local store yeah style place but uh yeah him with uh Vingsta's guns that i preemptively picked up at tfcon this is just <clears throat> bleeding my childhood optimus prime i love it I saw you. Uh, you did the Twitter picture of you testing the trailer for its. Uh, yeah. Its well, I, I, w- I was sitting there as I was messing with him. I was like, "Man, he's just got this big, wide open trailer." Wait a second. <laughs> and went and grabbed Blur, and Blur fits just perfectly inside the trailer, even with his gun uh, on him. He'll, he'll face forward or backwards. Just the, <clears throat> the like the cockpit over the front piece. Just the top corners of it stick up. Um, and keep it from being just a perfectly flat uh, uh, trailer bed. But he's good. I like him better than uh, I liked his kind of skeleton share of Ultra Magnus. Um, for for transformation, for the way that like his shell for the trailer bed, or for the, the, the trailer altogether fits together. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wish his cockpit seat head thing worked a little bit better than what it does. Uh, I think that's the one point that Ultra Magnus has over uh, Power Master Optimus Prime. It's, it's a way cooler cockpit on Magnus as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which, I mean, I can understand because he has the big helmet piece that comes down and clicks around it. So you've got to have that in there. It just seems like maybe the helmet could kick in another notch or do something just slightly different in order to make it work. And yeah, then I've, also, had, I've had some good luck with mine, but like it, it's it mine's like just on the cusp where he'll tab in and I can close the front. Yeah, but sometimes he'll tab in and I can't close the front. Yeah, it comes down to there's like a click of the helmet underneath everything that you have to get in there. I think that is what <clears throat> makes it good or bad in all the times I've transformed it. Mm. I also kind of wish there was a way to have the helmet parts just not be there. Like, just have the Titan Master head as the head. Yeah. And and not have the big Optimus Prime helmet drop over it. Because <clears throat> when you've got that, then all you can see are, like, the Titan Master eyes. And that's... I saw somebody that had... Um, I think it was the Galvatron head makes for the red-eyed Power Master Optimus Prime quite well. Uh, the, with the Nucleon for the head. But with as much as this helmet covers... You know, you've got the really kind of neat Orion Paxi head, but then it's just always going to be Optimus Prime otherwise. Yeah. Um, 
I kind of wish his smokestack guns were bigger, but I get that they're fitting in with the the aesthetic for all of the other um, Masters ride-in guns gun. I, I, I find, like, with his head specifically, him and Blaster, their heads are a little bit fatter, face sculpt-wise, or a little bit wider, mm-hmm. and, like, I don't know. There's something about their heads where they're they're bigger to accommodate a helmet that mostly covers them, where I'm like, I'm hoping that's kind of a wave one thing that goes away. Um, so are you, are you saying the Titan Master head or the helmet over top of everything head i would rather see the titan master head make up at least like 80 percent of what i'm seeing even if a helmet comes down yeah uh because optimus is the worst offender because like if you get a piece of red paper and put it inside the helmet you don't even need a head in there yeah um and with blaster he kind of rolls it he, i mean blaster does it okay i'm sure Soundwave does it okay but it, it's it's something like it makes their Titan Masters feel less usable with the rest of the line, and then vice versa, their body doesn't really work as well with the rest of the line. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it it sets them apart in a way that it, it it messes with the fact that they're trying to integrate to me. Yeah, but yeah, I very much enjoy it. I very briefly made his base mode, which seems like a fortunate side effect of this mold, not like it was a part of the design of the mold. Yeah, I think I would have been a lot less harsh on it if Blasters didn't turn out so well. Right. Well, I mean, this is also a, you know, a heavy remold after the fact versus Blaster was definitely designed as a Titan Master thing. For sure. Where I... I mean, I can see where this was a part of the design. Like... I think this may have been done with the idea of, hey, our next line is going to be like headmasters, maybe. So let's make it so this can work potentially. And then maybe like design docs changed a little bit and drifted away. And this is this works vestigially for, you know, everything that's bigger than a deluxe is a triple changer. And if he's a leader, he's got a base mode. And, like, all of those rules weren't set down when um, Ultra Magnus got locked in for the potential for Power Master Optimus Prime later down the road. But that is it for what I've gotten. All right. Well, TJ, I noticed you didn't really yell at all, so I guess that you have a fully unique what you got this week. Mm, I could say that, yes. Fully unique what you got this week. Mm-hmm. Never before seen the TJ Omega Hall. What what did you get this week that was Transformers? Uh well, since it was a good deal and I've never had proper experience with them, I picked up a reissue of G1 Prowl and I guess Silver Streak technically, because it's the US version. Oh, cool. I, I remember when I got the first book style prowl. That was like a moment for me. I, I'd never had that toy. Mm-hmm. The only experience I ever had with any of the Datsuns was my aunt when I was a kid. And whenever I'd go there to stay the day, she had a box of toys from her kids left over. And there was a prowl in there that consisted of his torso, head, one arm, and no door wings. So it's like after it's like prowl after he dies on the shuttle, after the shuttle crash lands. <laughs> That's the prowl I had experience with as a kid. You know, it's it's a prowl experience. 
Mm-hmm. So playing with it now, there's there's a really weird sense of deja vu. Like aside from just like kind of discovering how the old toy works, it's also it's it's weird where the upper half of a toy feels familiar. Yeah. And the lower half of the toy is completely alien to me. Yeah, it's like these legs are fresh. <laughs> but uh no, they're not bad G1 toys. There's a little bit of uh engineering to them I appreciate. You know, um I've you know, finding out that it's not just friction that holds the legs into place when they're uh in robot mode. There's like actual uh catches there to keep it from falling back or anything it's not just like not just loose hinges or anything that was nice uh the level of articulation in the arms is actually kind of impressive for a g1 toy i didn't expect that oh yeah yeah i i was fortunate as a kid i had a sort of busted up but usable jazz so i uh i i got i got early exposure uh to the i don't even know what to call them but the family of guys who had elbows yeah yeah, because he had, like, a universal shoulder range, elbow, and a wrist rotation. Like, that's pretty impressive for nineteen or for 1984. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, I mean, it's G1. Like, they they have the old look to them. They've got uh, all the weird things they did with the reissues. So, like, no chrome on the weapons or the missiles and nothing, nothing launches. I kind of like the silver weapons. I do too. Mm-hmm. Like I think it brings out more of the actual sculpt. Like it's it's just, it's nice to see it, you know, without all the reflective stuff. Well, yeah, there's that. But there's also part of me that like really appreciates like the chrome on the weapons because it makes me feel like like he's holding like, like you know like some piece of technology that's actually like a complicated weapon. Yeah, like yeah. there's there's a little bit of a an imagination trick with it. But no, those are fine toys. There's not a whole lot to talk about. They're old and don't do a whole lot. They are ones that I would say people really should, like, you know, the Datsun mold is one of the G1 molds that everyone should get to handle at some point. Uh, beyond that, um, the only other thing Transformer-wise I have procured was what Hasbro Toy Shop calls the Evolution Soundwave. Rather Evolution? the Evolution? Uh, uh that's how they titled it. It's actually the uh uh the tablet sound wave. Oh, that's one oh. of my what I got this week. Oh. Well, so is yours the San Diego Silver one? Yes. Mine is the regular kind of goldish one that I got off Gearbest for like 40 shipped. Well, aren't we fancy? I just I'm getting the word out. I don't know if Gearbest is going to keep it at that price, but like you know, with especially for international folks, where the San Diego one is kind of a dumb price when you do all the conversions, like you can get the non-San Diego one for pretty decent price. Because mm-hmm. uh, I believe otherwise, all the packaging, everything is the same. And like, yeah, I. Uh, how do you feel about that toy? It's a really fascinating toy just to see the engineering that went into it. Like. Mm. I like I dig the look. The look is very like movie sound wave more than G1. Yeah. But it's techno in a way I can really appreciate and there's just something I like about sound wave with like this like double layered wing look. I think it's also nice that the movie sound wave design finally gets another good toy. Yeah. Well, well I I kind of like the deluxe it had. 
I the deluxe satellite one aged real bad for me. Oh no 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 no! Not the satellite. Okay, the car. The car, the one yeah. that didn't come out in the U.S. Oh. That's that's why I'm saying another good toy. Because yeah, I like the car sound wave a lot, but like the the car sound wave, I think lacked a few of the tenants that, that I liked out of the satellite one. And like the the iPad or the MyPad one brings some of that stuff back, like a few more spikes, the big wings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But no, like just the idea of like full size pad. It's the first time in a while I can remember having like a transformer that's like one to one scale in its alt mode. It also has a working headphone jack. Yeah, it's a theme. Yep. That, now, does that one actually work? Does it actually clip? I haven't tried to be perfectly honest. Um, where am I? Actually, hang on. I have that in range. Here we go. Live test. All right. Hang on. Yep. I hear the clicking. Uh, uh, I'm trying to get my headphones off the floor. Okay, now where, <laughs> where in robot mode is this? Pay? Oh, it's in his shoulder. That's easy. Clicking in. It clicks. Hey, it actually holds. That's cool. Yeah. Well, there's a. It's a. It's all friction. Like there isn't actually like a clip in there because it's a pretty thin part. Yeah. All right. But like, just the base of the jack does like. Mm, there's like there's this little like stop point. And then you push it beyond that, and it just holds in. Oh, nice, right. nice. Because uh, I um on that toy, that is a toy where I would say the packaging is not only part of the experience. The packaging to me is part of the toy. Oh, absolutely. That's one of the few boxes where it's like these days my box tolerance is like very much like I will pitch just about anything. This box stays. Yeah, to me, if you get rid of the, to me, the packaging of that toy is is one of its accessories because uh, it's packaged like, you know, an iPad would be or an iPad, you know, alike. Um, but like the box feels like one of those kind of tech boxes. Uh, Soundwave is in a plastic sleeve that covers up the fact that, you know, the back of his alt mode looks like a bunch of robot. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. And then he has one of those tissue paper pieces underneath it. And then his instructions are pressed into the bottom of the box, just like the dumbass tablet instructions are always like, you know, fastened in like a multi lock cardboard flap thing in the bottom. And it's just it feels like part of the toy. Yeah. Uh, like, th like there's an experience to it. Yeah. I always rebox him after I'm done messing with him. Because <laughs> also the box, like, it's great the size of the box. It's just, it's like, it's, it also will tell you that, like, you know, if you're like me and you've not used a smaller iPad, it's like, oh, this is one of those novel size iPads. Uh, and, like, I just want to say, the transformation of that toy is gorgeous. There are detents and ratchets in there that I never thought would be on something that, that thin. Oh, yeah. Uh, nearly everything locks together to the point where... Because of that, I find his feet and ankles a little disappointing because they don't lock together the way everything else does. If everything else didn't lock together, I wouldn't even have made that a bullet point. But especially like, you know, the way that his his legs accordion around each other, not accordion, but like fold around each other and mm -hmm. like reuse a tab that you move down to the side and in moving it to the side, it activates a double hinged automorph to make his thighs a bit thicker. Because of all that, I'm like, I wish his ankles and feet tabbed together a bit better. Because they're they're the weak point of the figure to me. But otherwise, like, the transformation is so well done. And the reason why I keep harping about the non-STCC version is because I'm like, people should be experiencing this toy. It's a really good transforming toy. Uh, like, I really like it. Yeah. 
I love I love the idea of just taking a two-dimensional object that is completely two-dimensional and bringing it into a three-dimensional shape. Yeah, like like there is not a lot of thickness to the iPad mode. So the way that this sound wave even has a robot mode is like just the folding, angling, and stacking of panels, which in description sounds like a stupid nightmare of a transformation, but it does it all with the satisfying feel and the intuitiveness of a good neoclassics toy, like a good generations toy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it's amazingly well done. And then the best part is, once you've gone through it, you don't have to parts form anything. The shield part that goes on his arm, you will eventually have to parts form, but he's holding it in one of his hands the whole way through. And in the backpack, you don't actually have to remove. You can leave it on. You know, it might fall off. But there's a there's a there's a nigh perfect transformation factor to him as well. And then like just freaking things like his head is made from three layers of stacked panels. Yeah. Nice. But I expected like an Energon Wing Saber thing where it's just like two head halves coming together. It's three sandwiching themselves into this three dimensional shape. It's a it's an amazing little trick. And it's the front, middle, and back. So it's mm-hmm. like, once you do the transformation, the first thing that goes through my head is, you know what? I understand why there's no neck joint. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm actually amazed at how many joints he has in his arms. Um, the only thing that I think he could have had, that I think he maybe could have had that he doesn't, is a waist joint. I think there was uh... only because, only because there are so many micro ratchets in him that uh, and because his backpack already detaches in the first place if they had pulled like a macross trick where that underswinging part that makes his back if that then detached from his hips to free them to, to like have a waist swivel that's the only joint that i think could have been in there that would have also made the toy 20 bucks more expensive to have all those like attaching like detaching parts um like as he is there is no way he could have a waist joint Oh no no! I'm like I'm looking at him now. I'm like even like even if you did that, like you've got a hinge going all the way through his midpoint. His belly is completely hollow because half the head hides in there. Yeah, like there's so much going on as far as just hinges and all kinds of tr- little transformation elements. I I don't think that would have been doable. Like I just think that like where I think that maybe could have been doable with more budget. I don't think the head could possibly have been doable. Like a neck joint. I don't think that's even feasible. Um, and I mean that all is kind of a compliment to the transformation because it's a really cool transformation. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, like the only thing I need to do to mine, I need to tighten the ankles on mine because that, like his ankle joint, he sometimes just falls forward on the ankles because they don't really lock in anywhere. Like, how's the San Diego one feel to you? Um, mine actually has enough friction. Okay. Like mine, mine's been pretty stable and like. I was I was actually kind of confused when you talked about the feet not locking together on yours because like mine's mine's like perfectly stiff like I don't see the reason reason for them to lock in. Yeah, on mine, just the pin hinges in the toes and the ankles are they're not like floppy loose. They're just slightly loose enough that the fact they're holding up the weight of the entire toy sometimes makes them give out. Uh, which might be a thing on the retail version too. I don't know, but it's 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 something I know I can fix. Uh, did you know he has a a a, a peg hole on his crotch that works with a flight stand 
Does he? Yep. Oh yeah, he does. I identified that when I was like, man, if he could use a flight stand, I probably wouldn't even care about these ankles. And I looked and it's like, oh, he does. Okay, and I tested it. Uh, Tamashi stage totally works. So he cool. can just fly. Yep. Uh right on his butt. Also, the the backpack, you know, the way it turns into that kind of rat bat-ish thing. Yeah. Um, like very, it was very close to having a laser beak here. That can actually... I got him in a pose where I got that standing on his forearm. Like, that thing can plug into his forearm in a way. Like, there's a there's a semi-peg tab and a semi-hole. And they... Like, the forearm hole for his gun. Uh, there's a thing on the, the drone's, like, what would be its foot area where I got it to tab in there. It's a little bit tricky. But, like, all the things this does, given that it turns into a slab, is kind of amazing. <laughs> it's It's kind of like... Um, if anyone's ever messed with Frame Robo, it's very similar, but built a hundred times more sturdy than Frame Robo. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with that piece. Yeah, and there is something very full circle because Soundwave has always been about carrying around uh, minions that turn into flat objects. Yeah, and now he himself. Well, and he himself is now a piece of carryable tech that people actually would be carrying around. Yeah, yeah, like thinking back like to mod- the boom box of like, what is this thing? Okay, I'll yeah, just, just free tablet. All right, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing I like about it. It's like as a modern communication tool, that's perfect. And like, I, I don't that's think that's what he'd be. I don't think this is intentional. I kind of like that he's not an iPad, but he's like a Xiaomi MyPad because <laughs> it's like it makes his disguise work even better. You know, like, because you'd be suspicious if you just saw an Apple iPad sitting on a table, right? But, yeah. like, a slightly cheaper, you know, other company tablet, it's like, oh, I could see someone leaving that lying here. I'll just pick this up. You know, to me, that would make the disguise work better. <laughs> um, I'm really glad you like the thing, because I, I, I felt like I might have a fight on my hands about how much I like that toy. <laughs> no, no. He's extremely impressive. Yeah, just I, I would encourage people, if, if Gearbest still has it on sale for, like, 40 shipped like do that especially if you're not in the states and can't use hasbro toy shop without getting hit with customs and stuff because once you're paying 50 60 70 for that thing i think that diminishes it enormously yeah that like this thing evaporated from hasbro toy shop too yeah like 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 like, if you're paying a lot for it then its articulation hindrances are going to feel way worse i think yeah yeah like i can't imagine paying like the ebay prices for this guy yeah absolutely and I mean, the difference, I've seen the side-by-sides, the, the retail one and, and the San Diego one, the, the being silver or being, like, you know, pale brass, like, it's not that big a difference. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you can get it, if, if you can't find the San Diego one for a reasonable price, just get the retail one for hopefully a reasonable price. If that one goes up in price, then we're all screwed. But, like, <laughs> please try to not spend too much on the thing. Uh... Is that anything else on topic on your end? Uh, nothing else on topic. All right, I got a couple on topic things. Um, I already mentioned this. I did get uh, Combiner Wars Computron. I took a photo of him, uh, partly to showcase that I think his feet work a lot better than Victorion's. Uh, Victorion's feet are kind of astounding in the ways they don't work as opposed to the ways they do work. And Computron's... I think just pull it off a little better. Like they're still hollow on the underside to store the fists, but something about them. I think also because they're working with a superior torso, uh, he just I find him a lot easier to stand solidly. Um, 
And uh, the, the only bummer about storing the hands is that they actually don't store perfectly underneath. They jut out the bottom with another peg. So the upside is that means you can use that, like the wrist peg or the ankle peg to use them as accessories. The downside is they do not just turn into a foot-shaped pod. Um, they've got a big mush sticking out the bottom, so they can't sit flat with the feet installed. Whereas I believe Victorion's can, uh, because she's got slightly smaller hands. Um, otherwise, the Computron set, I, I'm kind of liking it. You know, the uh, Light Steed and Nose Cone are enormously weak compared to the rest of the set, and they are definitely the things that drag it down. Um, but the the rest of the toys, I thought, felt, felt fine. Uh, Scrounge is pretty cool. His... Uh, the slider on his head is a little bit a little bit wobbly in vehicle mode, but uh, it's just it's a nice set of toys, and if you can get it for you know on sale, you're getting a lot of good toys for the price, uh, especially since you're getting the Cosmos Generations Cosmos mold. Uh, that brings the value up enormously to me. Um, whereas like with Lyo Kaiser, for like the same price, instead of like Generations Cosmos, you're getting an Arms Micron. Uh, okay. It's like like Generations Cosmos as the pack and legend is is huge on this toy to me, um, and he, he looks good as Scrounge. Uh, the strafe is is the strafe is is I think the coolest looking part of the set, but feels like the tabs on him feel a little bit a little bit weak uh, compared to what I was expecting. Um, and uh, oh, the left leg connector. The little hatch that moves up and down on a spring that's inside Scattershot, that is notably weaker than the hatch on the right leg. And uh, I believe uh, Rack on Twitter said that his was so weak that the leg actually just falls off, like Nose Cone will fall off when he picks the toy up. Mm. So uh, it's not that weak on mine, but it is definitely weaker on that side. So that spring might need some work depending on your copy of the figure. Um aside from that like i got him on sale by the way that's why i picked him up because we have a sale going on right now uh i also got a review copy of corbot v's alicon which is like a legend scale alicon they had a dinobot colored version at tfcon but uh i got sent uh one for me and then two other peoples who are local but i've got all three of them so i can film them in group shots to show the troop build side of this and it's making me real sad that i'm going to be giving two of these back to other people because i like the alicon a lot uh, and uh, I think this is a really solid toy for an Alicon. Um, cool. The head sculpt, which I'm sharing with you now, uh, I think takes this guy up a whole nother level because um, it looks exactly like what I want. Um, and then the fin, like the Mohawk fin, helps fill in a gap on the beast mode if you start using a transformation hinge to move the head up and down. On Savage, there would be kind of a gap there. On this guy, the gap is there, but that Mohawk is inside the gap and visually kind of fills it in a bit more. Um, the only issue on this toy that I would say is something to know is that to get him to hold his weapon, you have to take the ball off the bottom. Like, you know, the, the staff pegs into that ball. Uh, on all three of them, it was insanely tight. And you had to do, a, it turns out they used a pretty good plastic on these because you have to do a scary thing where you see how he has those bat wings up at the top of the staff. Mm -hmm. You have to hold those like a corkscrew, like a wine corkscrew and use those as the torque to twist the rest of the staff out of the ball. And uh, as far as physics and fulcrums go, that's kind of not what you'd want to do because it means you're gripping the other end of the staff from where you're trying to free it up. But if you hold it there and then twist that and twist the ball the other way very gently but firmly, eventually it starts to come loose and then it's, it's much easier after that. It's just there was a very tight seal on those. Um, 
Oh, the, the other funny thing. Let me just get one of the boxes. Corbot V had fun with the instructions because these G1 style instructions where everything is named. So that staff is called the Backblade Vibroscythe. But then the ball, which is a separate piece, the ball is called, and I quote, the superconducting non-Newtonian plasma-filled pointy doom ball. Pointy is in there. That that makes it great. <laughs> so on the instructions, G1 style instructions, where it's the you know the finish part for robot mode, where it tells you to give him the the uh, how to put the you know the staff in his hands. It says, and I quote: Insert bat blade vibro scythe into hole in robot fist. Insert end of scythe into hole in superconducting non Newtonian plasma filled pointy doom ball. <laughs> it's like all right, you know what? Bonus points. <laughs> Uh, also, at the very end, there's a bit, like, just like with the G1 instructions, where they would tell you about the rub sign. So on this one, it says, proof of authenticity. Can you find the black square label on your robot? We're sorry, there isn't one. This is an independent product created by fans for fans. What a time to be alive. Uh, and then underneath, where it would show you how to use the red strip to read the tech specs, it has that picture. But it says, how many muggers will you collect? Many Bothans died to bring us these instructions. Ba-weep, gron-a-weep, ninny-bong. Ba-weep, gron-a-weep, ninny-bong. Ba-weep, gron-a-weep, ninny-bong. So they, they wanted to follow the G1 instruction template, but when it came to parts that they did not have content for, they came up with some pretty good filler. Um, and that's about it for my on-topic, what I got this week. Uh, I would like to go kind of quick to the next part, because I've got a thing to do. But if we do have, like, just some quick off-topic stuff, I got nothing interesting off-topic to talk about. Uh, Aaron, do you have any off-topic stuff? Not really. All right. DJ, uh, what's up in your op-topic? Op- I said op-topic. Op-topic. That's- what's up in your op-topic? <laughs> um, added-, <laughs> <laughs> added to the, uh, the Icon collection with Deep Spectre and, uh, Great, uh, no, not Grateful, uh, Mugen. Oh, I'm I'm not at that I'm I've still only seen the first batch torrent, so I'm not I'm not there yet in my ghost watching. Mm. Uh Deep is appropriately creepy. I like the supposed name. To be, yeah. It's supposed to be a very dark version of Spectre and it pulls that off really well. Uh Mugen is a fantastic little noisemaker. I watched a demo video of it and I really liked the sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very heavenly, it's very like angelic chorus type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, tons of attack noises, which is kind of frustrating to get through, like specific ones that you want because it cycles through them every time you go through the sounds. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like playing with one of the old, like, candy toy loxies where it's like, I just want to hear the next attack. One, two, three, four, five. I feel like that's a part of current roleplay toys I really don't like is that they're still they're still fitting in all the sounds, but I feel like the you know the user control side often is is the first thing to get stripped out, uh, in place of just having them sequentially play. Yeah, and like to me that on a DX that really cheapens the feel of it to me. No, but feature wise it's fine. Everything sounds really good. Uh, having actual like sound effects from the from the actor from the show is good um i like that all the rainbow effects for the lights on the big infinity halo thing it's got going on is perfectly in sync with whatever's going on in the in the driver nice yeah so it's kind of like the 
kind of like the lights are kind of like flowing out of it. It's a really cool effect. Uh, picked up the uh, to, to kind of go with the theme. Also picked up the the Grateful Soul figure. Mm-hmm. Oh, like the, the one um, that tra- what's it called? Ghost Change series. Ghost Change series. Yeah. 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 Where it uh, changes from the Ore, the basic form, to the Grateful, which is. Typical one of the t- toys that do that. It's very like okay, it it looks enough like Ghost, but you just kind of have to ignore all these armor panels that are on the backs of his arms and legs. So I saw a review of that toy, and like we got to we got to be real here. He has like the entire upper body of the 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 Grateful Damashi hanging off as like a tail coat. Yeah, there's <laughs> a coat tail. <laughs> like you can you can pull it off if you want, and like that's okay. But like. I was watching that review going like, hey, this looks like a real step up for Ghost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not a whole lot they could do with that, I assume. <laughs> but yeah, that also means that like during transformation, the whole thing just kind of flips up and slams onto his face. Yeah. Like, Which, as, far, as far as I know, like the, the big gain from that set is you get an alternate jacket for Ore Damashi that is pretty cool. Yeah, you you do. It doesn't have the whole like it doesn't have the complete ghost mode thing because like the little straps on the sleeves do come down for the arms, but it doesn't have like that flip down face. Yeah, but it means you don't you don't have to modify anything to to uh, have head articulation. Okay, yeah, this is true. Though you do, though uh, grateful does remove his head articulation because of how his armor attaches on, so that's a little yeah, yeah. that's a little downside. But it looks fine. Like if you're like, it's all tampographed on and all the gold's painted well. So it's it's a perfectly fine version if you just want to have one on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, the only thing I can really speak of because everything else is model kit that hasn't been put together yet, and I can't believe like I've I got so much at MetroCon. We've been rushing through these so much. I still have like things that I haven't talked about, but I want to mention it. Mm-hmm. Uh. For for whatever reason or another, one of the booths I normally frequent had like actual like vintage Die Ranger stuff. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. And that included what I grabbed, which was like a tiny like a tiny one tiger and Biako Shinken, which white tiger Zord Saba, mm-hmm. but super small. So I got like Saba the dagger and this like maybe four inch tall white tiger Zord. Which takes a little part forming, but it does actually have a tiger mode. And that's not a that's not a candy toy. That's like a. It's not a candy toy. I think what it was was it was the cheapo version that you got your kid when you couldn't afford the DX. So I think that's what they called those was the STD version. And I okay. understand. Uh, I understand, but that was the language then. It was like you had your <laughs> DX version and your STD version. Uh, it means standard. Let's. let's yeah. Standard and deluxe. That's how it works. I got the chlamydia version of Wong Tiger. <laughs> oh, that's bad mental image. Um, no, it's it's just it's fun having them. Like I've I've got I've I've got uh, Sabas in three sizes now, which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. You know, a n- nice desktop size white tiger zords always. Uh, is not a bad thing to have. I want to go. I want to like shoot a review for it, then paint it up to make it all DX looking. Yeah. Um. No. Uh. That's pretty much what I have to talk about. Okay. 
yeah, I, I don't really have anything interesting off topic I can think of. Um, like, yeah, most most everything I've got has been Transformers this last week. Um, I I didn't mention I got I got the Make Toys like uh, renewal parts, the kind of the 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 patch fix for Cupola, their masterpiece Chrome Dome. A lot of the parts I don't actually know what they're supposed to improve because all the things they're improving feel fine on mine. So all I did was replace those ball socket um, parts on the front of the foot that always fall off, and the new ones, guess what? They don't always fall off. So categorical improvement, hooray! But uh, yeah, that's about it for my what I got. So uh, that's gonna close us up for this Sunday recording. I'm going to have belated birthday drinks with uh, upstairs Ian, so uh, I'm gonna go do that. And then, uh, yeah, stay tuned. We've got more Transformers podcasting always on the way. Uh, thank you, Aaron and TJ, for joining me this early, early Sunday morning. Uh, and hopefully, you know, Aaron, hopefully you can yeah. eventually get dressed. I don't know, man. Going pantsless all day seems like a good idea. I, You know what? If you don't have to go out, then do it. But you'll feel real good if you put a fresh shirt on. And don't wear pants. Hmm. Because you get that fresh shirt, like, mmm. But you don't have to worry about, like, belts and stuff. Yeah. I like where you're going with this. Yeah. Anyway, uh, whether or not you're wearing pants, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you later. It means, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.